Welcome to this episode of the Going Off Topic Podcast. We're two guys who retcon our own lore. That's right. We're about as authentic as a DJ Khaled song that doesn't say, We the best. <laughs> I'm Brandon. And I'm Chris. And we are going off topic. Oh, not again. <laughs> I hate you it's, so it's, much. It's been a while since uh, I did the, the, the Phil Collins uh, intro. Yeah, you sure did. It has been an age, hasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Welcome, everybody, to this new episode of Going Off Topic. We have a really cool guest with us today. We have a... Uh, oh, boy. Here we go. <laughs> oh, is he, does he have, like, a funny last name? Uh, oh. Would you say it's funny, Kyle? It's not funny, you <laughs> jerk. <laughs> It's just it's my a laughing name. matter, you jerk. I, you know what? I, I've already tried this at work, and I, I try to say it. But you know what? Yeah. This time, I'm going to have Chris suffer. Oh, because okay. I, Let's yeah. do it. This is, what, what do you got, sir? That, that's how it's Okay, I feel, like a, I feel like a substitute teacher here. <laughs> is that a U? Is that a U right after? Oh, no. that's uh, that's an F. F. That's F-A-B. Okay, okay. F-A-B-I? F-A-B-I-J-A-N-C-I-C. So I just had to, I just had to spell it for our listeners. So <laughs> yeah. Well, they know the episode title, like, Description and such. <laughs> and? Uh, Kyle Fabby John Kick. Oh. Eh, kind of the first part's right. <laughs> Fabby John Cease. No. Dude. John Seek. And strike three. Oh, man. <laughs> Darn it. Can you say it, sir? Or you want me to say it for everybody? You can say it. Just it is pronounced one. Fabian Chich. Ah, the, the ch, ch, yeah, yeah. Oh, it's uh, like a Czech name. That's, that's yeah. like a hockey Slavic. player's name yeah. right there. there yeah. There's <laughs> lots of like famous tennis players have with that. But, but yeah. he goes by other titles. There's also Kyle Flapjack and yes. also Kyle Established Meme Lord. Of well, you got my, Fabby yes. in there too. That's a great start for any kind of like fabulous or or in uh, Kyle you know? Fabulous. Yeah. Wow, there we go. Yeah. Fab- Kyle the fabulous fan- Kyle. Yeah. Kyle Kyle Fantastic. That makes me sound like a runway guy though. I don't, I don't know if I like the fabulous <laughs> Kyle. <laughs> no, let's not do that one, please. <laughs> and coming up next, fabulous Kyle. <laughs> <laughs> well, we have uh, some. I have no segue to get into this, so I'm just gonna okay. go cold cut to cold cut, um, yeah. to a weird news. That's pretty popular. Times. Smash cuts are popular. Sma- do we do we want to do a smash cut? Just smash right into it. From CBS News from December 6th. Okay. A couple days ago. I, I told you guys this before we started the episode. <clears throat> or was that yesterday? Is it the 7th or the 8th? It's the 7th today. Oh, so that was yesterday. In recording. Yeah, but it could be, it's a week later for you guys, but yeah. for us, it's December 7th. Um, but I, I told you guys this article and it frustrated me like to no end because it did, it did frustrate you. Um, a banana duct taped to a wall was sold for $120,000 at Art Basel, Miami. Yep. Art has reached its peak, everybody. <laughs> <sighs> well, to be fair. To be fair. <laughs> to be fair. To be fair. Uh, explain yourself. Sir. I, I, You showed me the picture of it, and all I could, the first thing that the thought that came to my head was, not going to lie, that's pretty punk rock. <laughs> <laughs> the duct tape over the banana. It looks like an album cover for any punk rock band. Yes. And that's, you know. See. So I get that. See, if that was like painted or something, then I'd be like, okay. This is art, but no, it's a literal banana duct taped to a wall. <laughs> Something you can get for like 50 cents at like a, your local Meyer. Well, that's Boom. like the guy who created the butt scratcher. He's like, 
It's right there for the taking, and nobody made it, so I'm making it, you know? So it's like a banana with duct tape to white. This is it. Good point. You know, sometimes those those simple ideas are right out there, and you're like, oh my gosh, people are making money off of this? And you're like, (laughs) well... It was there for the taking. Somebody's going to buy that stuff, man. Exactly. Yeah. Some people buy this stuff because it's pricey, because they're like, yeah, Yeah, I bought a a banana that's duct taped to white. Is it white paper or is it white? Just the wall. The wall. Just a wall? Yeah. It's not even a canvas. Did they just cut the wall out? Did they just get some power drills and just shear that thing off there? You know, funny thing is, we haven't even gone to the article yet. Yeah, this sorry. Is still, like, I know. <laughs> That's a bad habit of mine. I just I, like kind of interrogate it's you like, before you can get two like, sentences like, into the damn thing. What's the answer? Thing. Well, I'm about to tell you in this next yeah. sentence here. Like, could you just shut up for a sec, Chris? I'm but reading. No, but no, it is a wall, though. That is confirmed. All in all, just another banana on the wall. <laughs> so a banana duct tape to a wall was sold for $120,000 at Miami's Art Basel this week. It may oh, be the most talked Miami. about artwork at this year's event. Yeah, you don't see something like this happening in like Canton, Ohio. You know, I don't know if that's actually a case. Is that an actual city? I don't know. It seemed right in my head. <laughs> you mean Dayton? <laughs> Sounds like a city you mean Dayton, we'll, go, we'll go with Dayton. Okay, there we go. Yeah, so Dayton, it's like, yeah, you don't see like these high bids in Dayton, Ohio. No. You know, no. at most the bids in Dayton, Ohio are like 300 bucks, and that's oh, like, you easily. know, once every easily. decade <laughs> for high quality art. But like for Miami, yeah, that's no surprise. Yeah, I mean, it is Florida. That's walking so around money not, in Miami. Not to offend our Florida listeners, but... Uh, this art is whack. <laughs> uh, two of the three editions. Wait, there's three of these? <laughs> so it's, it's more that. than 50 cents then, all right? It's at least a buck 50. Okay, I'll give credit where credit's due. Like a dollar fifty. There we go. Uh, two of these three editions have been sold, um, according to Perotin, the, the contemporary art gallery behind the work. The last one is expected to go for $150,000. The controversial piece called The Comedian was created by Maurizio... I'm sorry, I'm going to destroy this name here, so just already apologies out the window. Maurizio Catalan, an Italian artist who has entertained art lovers around the globe in 2017 with his America, an 18-karat gold toilet. This is the same guy? Of Oh, this dude's a troll. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> this, this guy's a pretentious troll. This guy's got it figured out. <laughs> I'm also... Oh, just a real side note, I was able to just confirm via Google... Yeah. Uh, that Canton, Ohio, is a real city, so I'm wow. not. Okay. I'm okay. not as big of a fraud Good, as that I was, thought that was a I burning was. question. <laughs> like, I have to know. <laughs> Shout all, out to Canton, Ohio. <laughs> all negative. Oh, one H. of our listeners cared. The <laughs> um, Canton, Ohio University. <laughs> however, the the six million dollar throne was stolen from England's Bel- Blenheim Palace over the summer. Oh, I didn't know that. Um, Emmanuel, the gallery founder told CBS News that Maurizio's work is not just about the objects, but it's about how the objects move through the world. It's not moving. It's taped to the wall. <laughs> what about rotating around the sun, Chris? <sighs> Checkmate. Yeah. <laughs> um, whether affixed to the wall of an art fair booth or displayed on the cover of New York Post, his work forces us to question how value is placed upon material goods, he said. He added that the spectacle is as much a part of the work as the banana. Some critics argue this piece is perfect representation of what the art world has become with its gaping wealth inequalities. Yeah, no kidding there. Um, <laughs> others, however, choose not to go as deep and appreciate the simplicity of the art piece. Um, this The artist first came up with the idea a year ago. 
Oh, I bet it took a long time to think of that. I got it. <laughs> yeah, he's like, the question like some... is, did he work on it the whole year? <laughs> he's he's got, I got to find the right wall. He's got so many rejected, like, prototypes. Apple to the wall? Pineapple? Hair? No. Gosh, I'm never going to crack this. Wait a minute. <laughs> wait a minute. Paint it to the wall. <laughs> oh, wait. The duct tape's too big. Mm, maybe I should do that. <laughs> <laughs> um and then he's just watching like some like curious these kids are looking at like a curious george book and there's a banana on the cover and he's like that's it a banana all this time <laughs> uh, the artist first came up with the idea a year ago he was thinking of a sculpture that was shaped like a banana according to okay. the press statement this is just guys this this is real like we're not <laughs> we're not faking this this is real news. such a weird timeline we're in <laughs> Every time he traveled, he brought a banana with him and hung it in his hotel room to find inspiration. <laughs> oh my god! He made several models, first in resin, then bronze, and then he painted a bronze before finally coming back to the initial idea of a real banana. Okay, so he actually like sculpted this stuff first. Okay, credit to that. But then he's like, "What about authenticity? What about nature against man?" <laughs> Well, you brought up a good point when we talked about this yesterday, is there's a shelf life. There's a literal shelf life yes. on this This thing will piece. expire. Like, it will be disgusting. It yeah, will that be is pretty gross. Moldy. Yeah. It'll be flies everywhere, and, like, it'll just be nothing but a pile of goop, like, with duct tape still attached to it. <laughs> like, the banana is bending, <laughs> like, just dropping the banana oh inerts, like, out the floor. Like, it's mean, like, this is America. <laughs> just, like, we, we have all these, like, famous painters, like Leonardo da Vinci with, like, the Mona Lisa or whatever. Yeah. And how timeless that is. And it's like, oh, well, what did you guys do in 2019? Oh, we, we typed a banana to a wall <laughs> yeah just slapping on it <laughs> like oh okay where's that hanging is that in the Louvre I don't think so this is a very important work of art yeah <laughs> and finally the artist reported no clear instructions for buyers on whether the banana starts to decompose oh there we go ah. uh, the Miami Herald reported that the owners can replace the banana as needed well, oh then, my gosh but then that's, that's not, not the original concept exactly it's, you're gonna get new duct tape that thing's not it's gonna like wear out it's flawed art like at that point it's only the buyers work it's it's like basically this it's like you buy the mona lisa and then like i'm gonna improve on the mona lisa yeah and like draw like <laughs> rocket ships in the background <laughs> have like a, a painting of like steve rogers and his Amer captain america shield <laughs> the <laughs> mona lisa my language the and mona then lisa. fireworks in the background and just says america on the bottom yep. like is that really leonardo da vinci's work this anymore, is or is this the person who bought its work this yeah. is the mona lisa by michael bay <laughs> <laughs> so it just so, explodes after like five you hang it on the wall and it explodes in five minutes See, lens flares and loud bangs my, my, my thing is is that i okay there is and i told you this like there is pretentious artwork that i do like and when it comes to like film music to an extent i guess and like actual art like i can see that but there's a point where it becomes like literally like a, a canvas that's just pure white and then one tiny black dot the size of your pinky and it's like okay you're gonna sell that for how much like 50 million dollars it's like that's art oh we're it's called we're in the wrong industry man isolation we gotta start having like a think tank going just jackson get ahead Pollock, of the next thing all all of our stuffed yeah <laughs> take it down to miami yeah there we go. We have to go to Miami. Yeah. Going off topic is going to Miami, everybody. Get ourselves one of those like uh, those vans that are converted into like houses, you know, and oh, just road trip down, on down. Down by the river. 
down by the river. The, the yeah. tiny house thing that you see <laughs> yeah, on yeah, HGTV? Yeah, exactly, yeah, HGTV, <laughs> oh, yeah. All right. <laughs> just make one of those and then have one of those, like, compost toilets that you don't, you know, you just, you lift the, like, the, the cushion up and you just make your business and then there you go, go back to business in your house and no you make the business then you sell that <laughs> and that's that's the artwork right there there Boom. we yes i mean are you available too kyle you want to like come to, <laughs> I, I this might is be the kind of thinking we need for this for if we're gonna Just, sell some sell some shit in miami <laughs> there we go <laughs> literally <laughs> oh man okay so i have right here uh something from cbs news also on december 6th oh. Uh, Chipotle has nurses to ensure workers really sick and not just hungover. <laughs> Chipotle All Mexican right. Grill has health professionals on uh, on hand to diagnose workers calling in sick as truly ill and not just taking a paid day off to nurse a hangover. It's CEO <laughs> Brian Nicole. Or yeah, I feel like we need that when we work. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Its CEO, Brian Nicole, told an investors conference this week. We have nurses on call so that, if they, so that if you say, hey, I've been sick, you get the call into the nurse, Nicole told the Barclays uh, webcast on Wednesday. The nurse validates that it's not a hangover. You're really sick. And then we pay for the day off to get healthy again. Hmm. The CEO detailed steps taken to recover the trust of customers after a slew of high-profile safety scares that battered Chipotle's brand and led Nicole's predecessor, Steve Ells, uh, to step down in late 2017. Ooh. Starting in 2015, an E. coli... Uh, e. coli. <laughs> oh, no, they get some E. coli in the e. coli. The, the, the Chipotle. Uh, starting in 2015, an E. coli outbreak <laughs> forced the closure of dozens of restaurants in Oregon and Washington. Uh, yeah, that's... I, I, apparently, that's how I say E. coli. E. coli. Hey, e. Hey, coli. Chris, lie. Yeah, I get it. E. Uh, I coli. E. coli. I coli, he coli, he, she, we coli. Uh, <clears throat> an E. coli outbreak forced the closure of dozens of restaurants in Oregon and Washington. And neurovirus, oh gosh, just reading neurovirus <laughs> makes me sick, uh, sickened more than 100 patrons in Boston. The chain last summer closed an Ohio restaurant for a day of cleaning after 647 customers became ill due to what health officials determined was... Due to a toxin that occurs in food left at unsafe temperatures. Oh, jeez. But Chipotle handles things differently these days. In its 2,500 uh, restaurants, according to Nicole, we have uh, a very different food safety culture than we did two years ago, he said. Nobody gets to the back of the restaurant without going through a wellness check. All right, all right, all right, all right. wellness check. All right, spread, spread them out. Right. Oh, dude. Yeah, your hands. You spread them out. Oh, of course. And then they, 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 uh -huh. they, yes. they dump the, the lotion. Yes, I was worried there for the shampoo. Yeah, I'm glad you clarified. <laughs> the hand soap onto the hands, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Guys. We're mature. <laughs> We're adults. <laughs> The efforts to safeguard against illness extends beyond encouraging sick workers to stay home to try to ensure germs from customers uh, don't spread to others, according to Nicole, who came to Chipotle nearly two years ago from Taco Bell. Of course. Tables at Chipotle restaurants these <laughs> days are cleaned with a neurovirus-killing cleaner, Nicole said. There's probably people in here that might have the common cold, even if we clean up after you. And we don't use a cleaner that kills germs. It hangs around for the next customer, he said. Even though our team member did nothing wrong, there was nothing wrong with our food. 
We have to hold ourselves to a higher standard to make sure that the dining room gets sanitized in a way that hasn't been in the past. Wow. You know, there you at, have it. At least we, at least there's a restaurant that cares. You yeah. know, I'm not should, should we should we say <laughs> any restaurants that don't care that they won't sponsor us anymore or do you think we should just kind of like go on from here? I mean, here? we could we kind of need to take whatever's thrown at us at this point. Okay. Well, I guess you we'll hear that some. Waffle House? <laughs> you want to get in on this? Unspecified seafood <laughs> restaurant and unspecified burger <laughs> joints. <laughs> Unspecified sugary beverage. Yeah. (laughs) Hi, we're going off topic here for unspecified sugary beverage. (laughs) I like the sound of that. It really rolls off the tongue. You hear that gas station from around the corner? Yeah, that one. (laughs) You know the one I'm talking about. (laughs) Okay. So I got something from IndieWire here. IndieWire. So you guys remember the whole debacle from late summer with Spider-Man potentially leaving the Marvel Cinematic Universe oh, yeah, yeah, with sure. Disney. Stressful times for the first world countries, you know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah first world problems, dude. Yeah, Totally. But uh, there's a little follow-up to how Spider-Man's contract got saved. So he went from away from home to back home. He's coming back home. Good. <laughs> Good. Tom Holland's drunk, crying phone call with Disney CEO saved <laughs> Spider-Man from MCU exit. <laughs> I saw this on Not the Onion. This is great. Just the visual of Tom Holland drunk and crying on the phone. <laughs> Guys, you gotta bring it back. You gotta. We did something here. Something special. You know what's funny? You're not too wrong. I figured that's what it was, yeah. Um, Tom Holland's Spider-Man got close to leaving the Marvel Cinematic Universe over the summer when word got out that Disney and Sony were failing to come to terms on a new agreement to share the character. Um, Holland proved to be an instrumental figure in bringing the two studios together to find a common ground. During the actor's December 4th appearance in the Jimmy Kimmel show, um, Holland told his side of the Disney-Sony split drama. The story memorably includes a drunken phone call with Disney CEO Bob Iger that left Holland in tears. Oh, buddy. <laughs> um, tears. We, we, we were at um, D23 and the news came out and I was obviously devastated, Holland remembered. It was awful. I asked if I could get Bob Iger's email because I just wanted to say, thank you. This has been an amazing five years of my life. Thank you for changing my life in the best way, and I hope that we can continue to work together in the future. I got his email, and I sent him the email, and he responded very quickly, saying he'd want to jump on the phone and ask when I was free. Holland continued, so two or three days go by, and my family then, my family and I went to the pub quiz in our local town. We were doing a quiz, and I'm, I'm three pints in. I haven't eaten much, and I get a phone call from an unknown number, and I have a feeling. I'm like, I think this is Bob Iger, but I'm drunk. (laughs) (laughs) Um, A drunken Holland picked up the phone and went to Iger over the possibility of losing a Spider-Man character being removed from the MCU because of the studio's disagreement. It it all all ends with with money. Um, I was really emotional because I felt like it was coming to an end, Holland said. Disney and Sony announced September 27th it had finally come to an agreement to share the character for a third MCU movie, and the next Spider-Man has already been set for a theatrical release on July 16th, 2021. So whether we'll have Tony Stark memorabilia, who knows, Kyle? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. For our listeners who don't remember, we preview, we did a little preview taste of uh, a future guest that absolutely hates Iron Man. That's what of a me. Kind. <laughs> <laughs> so j- just for... <clears throat> Just so the listeners can understand your point of view, because most yeah, of the world I'm, loves I'm, Tony I'm Stark. I'm really curious about this. Yeah. Why? I just Why do don't you not like, like him because 
he's a dick. <laughs> now, <laughs> That's is pretty it, much it. Is it the character period, or is it Robert Downey Jr.? Is it a combination? It's not Robert Downey Jr. Okay, he's, he's gotcha. Right. I just it's the Tony Stark character. The character. It's always been like that, at least as far as I know, and. And it's only applicable it's, it's to the movies or like annoying. everything Iron Man related. Like comics or the whole smorgasbord. I think it's partially like that. Not in like older comics, of course, but I think in like the more modern ones, they're starting to lean that way because it was so popular in the MCU. Yeah. But and I remember you were we were talking about this at work and I remember you were saying like, <laughs> me and Brady were like, but we like him because he's funny. Like you like him because he's funny because he's a jerk too. <laughs> 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 to everybody, especially like Iron Man one. Like apparently it was like he was really just like a huge a hole. Yeah. Like, <laughs> and 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 like I I get his point, but man, I find him funny though. <laughs> and but yeah, so just you know we can argue about this through and through but you know just i wanted to get the listeners to understand another viewpoint that maybe some of you agree on you know so is it only because he's a jerk it's nothing to do like well, powers or i guess absence of powers so the the suit technology yeah yeah i guess it's kind of like that, <laughs> you know that's not a bad but, place to be it's like i don't like you because you're a jerk plain and simple you know that's yeah. that's not bad i remember why you liked Endgame so much. Uh, spoilers for people oh. who don't know <laughs> who haven't seen the movie. Mm-hmm. The reason why he loves Endgame uh, so much it was is that Tony dies. Tony's <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I was yep. like so sad and then I could just see Kyle applying the theater. Applauding. Yeah. Yes. Standing up. Yes. <laughs> I mean, I wasn't quite doing that. It wasn't really that because I'd have probably got like kicked out of the theater. <laughs> the, movie, the movie has like 20 more minutes after that at least. Yeah. So mm-hmm. Tony Stark's funeral just like, can we just go on? <laughs> let's yeah. let's move on. I'm, he I'm wasn't ready. a yeah. good guy. <laughs> just like, I, like I have a video at home where I just photoshopped myself in there and I'm all wearing white and I'm like blowing party favors and stuff. Like, <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> so what specifically, is it just, uh, was there a moment? Was there a specific moment where you're like, yeah, that's it, Tony. You're done. You're <laughs> done with me. No redemption arc for you, sonny boy. I think most of Civil War. Because he, spend, he spends yeah. most of that movie just being like, shut up, Cap. He does. <laughs> that is true. I didn't like him in Civil War either. Well, it's funny because like, we've talked about this before. Like In the movie, it's clearly one-sided. In the comics, yeah. it's very much like in the middle. Like both sides yeah. have their points, but yeah. like this movie is like very much like Tony's in the wrong, obviously, from the movie standpoint. And like it is kind of annoying. I can do. I can definitely see your viewpoint with it, but like I still think he's funny. <laughs> Under ruse. I guess that's what's really important. <laughs> do, do I do I get the funnies? <laughs> yeah, then he's fine. <laughs> he's a great guy because he makes me laugh. <laughs> Um, one more thing for uh, Brady. Yeah. Captain America rules and Iron <laughs> Man sucks. <laughs> there you go. It, everything balances out as all things yeah. should be. Yeah. So I guess we'll just have to wait for the, the Captain America Iron Man debate when we get both of you guys back on again. You know, because be that. that was the initial. We were trying to get both of you guys on the show, but just yeah. due to scheduling conflicts, we couldn't get it. But uh, maybe a future episode. You yeah, never know. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, sorry I scheduled that uh, debilitating illness. <laughs> you just like, did you stop by Chipotle, one of the stores that no, we cleaned no. yet? Uh-huh. Did, you get, did you get the E. coli? <laughs> no. Um, e. coli. It was just funny because you were just like scheduling conflicts. I was like, yeah, I definitely scheduled that illness. <laughs> <laughs> My bad, bro. <laughs> really inconsiderate of me. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs>
Papa John's is selling a pizza covered in hot dogs, mustard, and relish. Disgusting. <laughs> why? But why? <laughs> this is the title. Oh, okay. This is from uh, Delish, December 5th, 2019. Oh, and just to preemphase this, this article is written in a first-person perspective. I love that. So just yeah. be aware of that. <laughs> yeah. Because Chris did not this write this article. Is, this one's going to be pretty sassy. Uh, you can tell just from the title. Uh Totally in foods that exist, we learned that Papa John's has been selling a pizza topped with a full hot dog on each slice in South Korea. (laughs) Yep. The chain is calling it the American hot dog pizza, which is pretty rude to put on us as a country, but whatever. According to Chew Boom, it features a whole hot dogs, uh, chili salsa, uh, mozzarella cheese, cheddar potato mousseline, onions, Dijon mustard sauce, pickle relish, and parsley. Papa John's is touting it as containing authentic American hot dog taste. (laughs) Oh, gosh, that's very concerning. (laughs) And it also appears to be served alongside ketchup and mustard, at least according to the ads. I guess this is a different from pepperoni or sausage on a pizza, but somehow it just is, okay? Uh, The chain has been advertising it as the next great hipster accessory, which is probably exactly right. I can just see dudes with long beards and film cameras ordering this just for the irony of it all. Actually, I've changed my mind. The pizza is great. I love it. Sadly, it only appears to be available in South Korea for now, but if you happen to be from there or visiting, uh, it will run you 10,000 won, or about... $8.50 $8.50 USD uh, for the US dollar, $8.50. Right. A true steal, uh, <laughs> if you think about it, for the several hot dogs and a pizza. Can't yeah, you know beat much, it. You know how much a hot dog costs just like, you know, one dog? Like, that's like in a ballpark? Yeah. Well, it's like hey. two bucks, maybe three. Yeah. You know, you can like eight eight dogs on one pizza. Hot dog. Hot diggity dog. <laughs> I do agree with. Uh, the writer's statement, by the way, that it's pretty rude to put that on us. As yeah, a country. Oh, yeah, yeah, totally. Because I didn't have anything to do with that. Yeah, and if no, I found I didn't out get a say in that, that exactly. like our tax dollars went to that, I think we need to go straight to the capital. <laughs> <laughs> Let's make some and signs it is time now. to take it into our own hands. Yeah, <laughs> that's a that's a big oof. <laughs> the issues yeah. that matter. We are not a hot dog nation. Slams fist on podium. I don't yes. even like hot dogs. <laughs> Gosh, hot dogs are really nasty. I'm going to say that. I think okay. regular hot dogs are... I would rather have a veggie dog than a hot so, dog. I think so, veggie dogs taste better. So, for the most part, I would agree with you. But there's certain... Like, there's there's one hot dog that I actually really like. It's What's called that? the Hot Diggity Dog. And you have to steam the dog and steam the buns. But, uh, like, like a ballpark. But basically what you do... So you take a hot dog, and you can do this in slices or, um, um, like ch- diced up. But you take jalapeno peppers or like some sort of hot pepper. You sprinkle uh, it on the dog, and then putting on like mozzarella cheese or Mexican cheese or like any sort of cheese whatsoever on it, and then let it sit for a bit. Then the cheese melts a little bit, and then you have yourself a hot diggity dog. Like that is delicious. Alternatively, I'm saying you could also do that with veggie dogs. I have had veggie dogs that taste exactly like hot dogs, and if, if it was like a blindfold study, I would not have known the difference. Oh, I mean, I, I'm, op- I'm open for that for and, sure. And, like, and you get the benefit of, and I know I'm sounding preachy here, so I'll try to take it down about 10, 15 <laughs> uh, percent. It, it tastes, you, you get you get it without having to think about all of the garbage that is put into a regular hot dog. Oh, yeah. I mean, like <laughs> you just get healthy garbage that's put into a veggie dog. <laughs> healthy garbage. Healthy garbage. Healthy is that garbage. the new oxymoron now? <laughs> 
<laughs> jumbo shrimp and healthy so, garbage. Chris, new fate, I, I, yeah. I can't I can't feel like you're talking about me personally. Healthy garbage. Healthy garbage. We all got some healthy garbage. <laughs> I'm a garbage of a human being, but I'm also healthy. Yeah. <laughs> Oof, I think that's just how most garbage people are living being. these Whatever. days. Healthy garbage. <laughs> oh jeez. Okay, well, speaking of healthy garbage, we have ourselves a holiday of the day. Yeah! <laughs> <Woo>! <laughs> Did you hear that? It's Man, a national hot dog holiday. day. Smooth transition. <laughs> I know. <laughs> so, the fun holiday today, uh, National Cotton Candy Day. Ooh! So, funny enough, cotton candy was actually invented by a dentist named William Morrison. And uh, go figure, a dentist making candy. Mm-hmm. I, I feel it feels you gotta make like, business, man. Yeah, yeah I, that, <laughs> that, that is true. Exactly. Um, but yeah, just like you know, I would I would normally say you know to celebrate Cotton Candy Day by going out and getting some kind of candy. But uh, if if you live in the east or like the north at all of the United States, mm-hmm. um, good luck. There's no fairs going around at all. County fairs. I mean, if you live out you know out west or in the south, then y- you might be able to get some. But there for us, a, we don't. We don't. We there don't is have. a theater around here that sells cotton candy, actually. Oh, really? Which is very weird. I've, I, I'd yeah. never seen it before, but I just saw a movie last night, and I, I was like, "Whoa, there's that's cotton candy right Wait, there." Which one did you see? The Mister Rogers movie, man. Oh, how was it? I liked it a lot, actually. Ooh. Yeah, and that's the Tom Hanks one, right? Yeah, um, it's not a Mister Rogers movie per se because it's not really about him. So he's that, like that was what of, I was expecting. He's right. like, it was kind of a Yeah, yeah. It's a it's based on an article. I guess it was written about him, and mm. it's the, it's more the story of the journalist that wrote that article. I okay. see. Okay, nice. So. All right, cool. That's pretty uh, cool. Okay, not not to go off topic here, but like there was I mean, <laughs> <laughs> this guy, this guy, <laughs> but. Uh, <laughs> Have you ever noticed like the random theater food that they sell? So like for instance, mm-hmm. like you know, th- there's a standard popcorn, soda, and candy. Yeah. Pretty pretty basic, but you know, it's it's a good basic. Tried and true. But then you have nachos. It's like, okay, you know, mm-hmm. it, it still kind of fits, but all right. Tried, not true. Then they sell pickle, like fried pickles. It's like, okay, that's true, not basic. fried. Sorry. <laughs> trying so i don't know <laughs> and then they sell hot dogs and then they sell like these really random food that you would never like picture at a yeah. theater and like i still remember this like from a few years ago there was Who this wants tortellinis creamed corn <laughs> <laughs> yeah. oh god that's disgusting <laughs> but I'm i not... made it extra creamy <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but uh, oh. i remember this promo that um our our local theater chain celebration cinema did and there was this kid that like was like so like mmm popcorn. There's like montages like popcorn being put into a bowl. It was like mmm cotton candy. And like there's like cotton candy machine being mm. like montage. And he's like mmm pickles. And, like, <laughs> before the movie begins, you see this tiny kid surrounded by food. And it's like now the show can begin. <laughs> Just like you're surrounded by like I'm gonna have to go to the bathroom in 15 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, oh my god, it's like so bad. Like, you know? I'm like, it, I, like oh. I would never get any of this food. At- oh, there was corn dogs. That's what it was. That was the other one. Like, it was hot dogs and corn dogs. Like, ugh. so how does it work if you're at a movie theater alone and you get all this food and then you have to go to the bathroom? Like, you, you can't take it with you. So you just, but there's not like a tray or anything to set it on hmm. in most theaters. So I'm just saying, the movie floor. theaters, you might want to think. Well, yeah, you put. Well, it there's on some it, yeah. premium theaters that like have like the. the 
desks or like tables you know yeah like, like at a university you know, like an almost like draft sliding. house kind yeah, of thing like yeah. that they'll, they'll have some of those but like if you're talking about like the, the regular standard theaters yeah good luck you, you're just gonna sit on the sticky floor and when you put it back up put the tray back on your lap it's gonna be sticky because yeah. it was set on the floor there so you need to steal that bucket from that episode of drake and josh <laughs> I, think, I think megan invented Gosh, it it's yeah, like it's got brilliant. the cup holder and the bucket yeah. for your popcorn exactly man that's a great idea drake yeah, and there josh we go. Let's steal had, that. it was ahead of its time you so, listening celebration yeah cut cut this part out so that we can do that <laughs> <laughs> so we can make this idea happen <laughs> we gotta copyright it boys <laughs> um but yeah so you know, just go get some cotton candy i guess uh pink or blue really boring colors they so. taste so different too they that's do. the best i was part. just thinking that man blueberry like, I, I can't stand the pink cotton candy but the blue is where it's <laughs> what at flavor is the pink one is it bubble gum or is it just like bubble gum just bubble gum like we have just pink flavor is it not actually like all the same flavor that, that's what i yeah i thought that's it was a joke i, I was I making yeah, was yeah, that it all tastes the same i was like yeah it probably does the same right so. <laughs> well i know the blue one's like blueberry or raspberry and then like the pink one might be strawberry oh. or cherry i'm guessing like it depends on how <laughs> rhubarb, snozberries, <laughs> snozberry cotton candy. Okay, I want banana flavored cotton candy. Gross, Chris, dude. stop. What? <laughs> I gotta also say that cotton candy, or no, uh, banana flavored anything other than re- okay, besides banana bread or bananas, just shouldn't happen. Like banana laffy taffy. What? Right? No. Okay, oh, no. I see. I'm- you're, you're with me, though, right, Kyle? No. Okay. no. Oh, my God. But you guys like banana Laffy Taffy? Yeah. No, I don't even like Laffy Taffy, really. It's, it is but, not a great candy. Well, Laffy Taffy is just wax. Like, I also don't really care for the banana flavor. Yeah, so. That's, so that's what I'm saying. Like, when they make, like, banana Laffy Taffy, it's, like, but just terrible. Are you, are you telling me, like, if you eat runs, you're not going to eat the banana? I No. No. What? No, not at all. Okay. Oh, come on, guys. <laughs> I'm actually going to tape it to a canvas yes, and the sell mini, it The mini version. With, with, with scotch tape instead. <laughs> yep. Yes. <laughs> it's there. Oh, man. We, we, we got it, boys. We, we got it. Um, yeah. All right. Next topic. <laughs> so before we talk about Kyle's topic here, guess what, Chris? I got someone on my side in this debate. Mm. Remember the on what debate? Maybe, remember the cake versus pie debate we had uh, several episodes ago. Yeah, where ago? We, we all settled on cake was better than pie. Uh, no, it was. No. Uh, everybody no. agreed. We had the polls. They all came in. No nope. said cake. no polls were made. It was only uh, uh, I, I, the polls with, I looked at you, said cake. With you and Ryan King, you both have cornered me when it comes to ah, cake be pie. is such a strong way to put it. What, what, do, you, what do you think, How You listen to that episode. I think that justice is about to be served, <laughs> oh, this, and it's not a cake. This is absurd. <laughs> Take that. I don't, I, what, you're just going to gang up on me? Yeah. yeah. See how it feels. Exactly. <laughs> Unbelievable. So, so pie is the best. Yes, it is. Because it just is. <laughs> and well, I'm that's sold, exactly, everybody. Yeah, that's, that's how that works. <laughs> <laughs> speaking of that I actually, all right moving on speaking of pie that, is the best there was actually a commercial just recently i saw and it was basically like for weddings or something yeah and <gasps> did someone make a wedding pie uh well there was a joke like that where someone said something about time to cut the cake and they're like huh, just kidding we're pie people and it's like a couple like <laughs> together and they're like hugging each other my kind of yes <laughs> yes I, so i I, like I am now that you have put it out into the matrix i am now starting to see that i am 
Uh, definitely not the only person who uh, is all okay. Let me rephrase that: that there are people out there, crazy people, that think that pie <laughs> should be a better than cake or put before cake and okay. anything. Okay, what's your evidence about us being crazy that we like pie? Better well, than cake? it's 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 interesting you say that because uh, I I had caught in wind that uh, I possibly might be ganged up on today. So you brought your your uh, your your backup. Yeah. Uh, I brought uh, some backup of my own. Oh, yeah, In fact, uh, several several people I brought as backup. Okay. Oh no. <laughs> so. Uh, oh. I'd like to take just a moment here. Uh, I, I I got some. I went through history a little bit because uh, history is apparently <laughs> on my side too. Oh yeah. Uh, a couple people actually, some prominent people in history have said things. They've weighed in on the cake versus pie debate actually. Oh really? And uh, like several. Who? <laughs> I let me get to them. Uh, several here. These are totally real quotes um, that I found through my research. Okay. Um, and so uh, Albert Einstein, for one, right, has something to say about the cake. Oh pie. my gosh. Um, <laughs> so I'll I'll just read his quote here. <clears throat> I have no special talent. I am only passionately curious about why anyone would favor pie over cake. Where's your sources? Uh, don't worry about the sources. <laughs> uh, Steve Jobs. Oh, 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 Steve Jobs. Yeah, yeah, he waited. Founder of Apple. Apple pie. Yeah. Uh, pie for dessert. Stay hungry. Stay foolish. <laughs> uh, Confucius actually weighed in on the pie. Oh come on. Cake debate. Uh, when one eats cake. It does not matter how slow you go as long as you do not stop. Uh, Rene Descartes, no. he said... No, they, 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 these, they, these are ridiculous. I, I think, therefore I am, certain that cake is actually <laughs> edible love. Okay, that was good. Edible love. <laughs> cake wow. is edible love. That's some strong rhetoric you got there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oprah Winfrey uh, accidentally ate some I pie. I think she might actually like some cake. Yeah. Than pie. I, that, I, you <laughs> might be right on that. <laughs> accidentally ate some pie? Turn your wounds into wisdom. Cake does not make me. Bob Ross, wise. believe it or not, Bob Ross no, weighed in on this. He's a pie guy. He is a pie guy. We don't make mistakes, just happy little accidents. Unless you're baking a pie, then it's not a happy affair at all. I'm so angry right now. <laughs> Walt Disney, try oh, taking no. a bite of a pie and enjoying it. It's fun to do the impossible. Well, I mean, the castle from Walt Disney for their 25th anniversary was a cake, so I guess it does kind of make sense. J.R.R. Tolkien, he 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 waited okay. on this. All right, uh, I'm gonna <laughs> stop you right there. All right, you That's are not a, about to drag like Tolkien through the mud. <laughs> that is, I'm a gonna lie. stop you right there. <laughs> Talk to your friends about the dangers of uh, pie because not all those who wander are lost. Oh my! Oh. <laughs> Uh, puns are the highest form of literature. Alfred Hitch. Okay, that was for a different thing <laughs> I was doing. Um, so, uh, so, sorry, let me just keep scrolling here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, nom, 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 nom. The cookie monster upon learning that cookies are actually mini cakes. That's a lie. That's a what? lie. You know it. Uh, pies are morally wrong. The chickens from Chicken Run. Because <laughs> uh, oh, of the pot pie. Pies, just like their supporters, always crumble under pressure. Strawberry Shortcake from the World of Strawberry Shortcake franchise. So she weighed in on it. But she's a cake. Uh, and then uh, Marie <laughs> Antoinette. Yeah, <laughs> uh, and last but not least, uh, Marie Antoinette said, let them eat cake. So okay, I'm that's sure the... that was something positive related to that. <laughs> that's, that's I'm good. just going to leave it at that. I'm sure she was just okay. saying, hey, let everybody eat cake. <clears throat> cake is good. 
So, so I so th- clearly those sources. I mean, it's hard to argue with that. Okay, so some of those are impressive sources, and some of it's <laughs> outright lies. I'm not gonna lie, but uh, J.R. Tolkien, like lies. That's Come a yeah, lie. That, that, is, that is slander. Would right I there. manufacture that yes. for my own backup? Yeah, but you would. I would like to propose that I make some kind of graph okay. that can show you and what what are graphs made? like how many people prefer pie over cake i just can't quite remember what kind of chart that hmm. is called is it a cupcake chart no no no, no, no that's no, not no. right uh, what is it cake wedding cake chart no uh, no mm. wait a minute chocolate bar chart no that no. sounds closer though closer but i don't think it's it though Pie chart, dude. <gasps> it's a pie chart. Pie that is chart. right. Look oh at my that. Gosh. Yeah. See, even math sides with pie. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. And look at, look 3. at 3.14. Yeah. Pie. Whoa. <laughs> it's so hard to argue against pie when you make you add math and data entry mm-hmm. to the side of yeah. it. Like, oh yeah, this is the roaring like, endorsement for pie. <laughs> we got it, charts. <laughs> I mean, we have yeah. we have intellect on our side, Chris. Actually, you know what? That makes <sighs> me think that I have evidence now that your Einstein source was false. Oh, yeah. he was very good with math, you know. Yes. Oh, and as we've on. established now, uh, pi is clearly supported by mathematics. Yes. So. I, I, I'm sorry. I, I, that's what Albert, <laughs> Albert, all Albert said. I, you know, he's he was a cake guy. I, those sources, I mean, I, they're totally legit. So you know, and not made up. You know, going off the side here, I feel like if we ever get merchandise at one point. I want a team cake and a team pie shirt. <laughs> All right. Well, we're going to sell out of the team cake shirts pretty quickly. Uh, I don't know. I, I think the team pie shirts will definitely outsell I think that audience. link will mysteriously redirect somewhere else. No! <laughs> no, don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> no. This, I need this. <laughs> okay. Well, I guess we'll just have to go with some shipping errors. I'm sorry we sent you the pie shirt, but here's a, here's a, have a free shirt instead. Oh, that one says pie, too. What about that? Oh my what goodness. a steal. <laughs> this is so outrageous. Uh-huh. The listeners will see i'm being ganged up no, on and they will no. see that this mm-hmm. is just not right no, and then no, they no, no, and no. they know in there okay oh, so 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 uh if someone is unfortunate enough to find themselves uh in in the 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 justice uh, penal system in in like a prison or jail mm-hmm. what do they bake you to help you break out of the place a pie obviously no yeah. a cake with a file in it i mean no I, what that you guys, no, I've typical, never been to jail, typical so I really pie know. people who don't know that is like no, an I old the, joke. I know the reference. Bake you a cake with a but file. But pie's in it. better because it, you can just lay it down in there. No, the that's easier to, to check. Be... They can just dig their fingers around in the, the top like that. Cake. No, no, a cake. It's okay. Get first more of all, that's not it. true because nobody's gonna desecrate a pie like that. <laughs> that's, <all> right? that's <laughs> true. That is. But you could easily cut the cake right open and just grab a piece of that with your hand. He's got a point. American Pie says otherwise. And look at that. We might have to cut that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't know. Yeah. I think that gets there. Uh, oh, that's funny. <laughs> I forgot about that movie until just that moment. <laughs> I was like, what is he talking Thank- Oh, Thankfully, it wasn't searing hot. Oh, yeah. Uh, I've had several listeners come up to me and uh, personally thank Who? me and shake my hand and Who? say, hey, Chris, thank you for, for speaking the truth. The, the cake is Ryan better than count. pie. I don't remember you saying that pie was better than cake. When did you speak truth? These people, they they come up to me and they say, Brandon's heart is in the right place, but he just needs to realize that that he's wrong on this issue. And his and, heart is in the pie place. It is correct. <laughs> yes, but and, and several and it's good and several pie people. Is good. I, I it's just it's just wonderful to hear from our listeners that that I that they, they have felt like I have represented them accurately, <laughs> accurately, really. Is was, that so? Uh, did one of these people that shook your hand? Was that Albert <laughs> Einstein? 
Was Albert was Einstein? Einstein? Uh, I'm actually scheduled to meet with Oprah's people pretty Professor soon Tolkien here. shook your hand, too, uh, I take it. <laughs> Did Maria Antoinette give you her slice? I'm just saying, the movement's there. The people the people have decided that yeah. cake, cake is mm-hmm. the supreme... Uh, the supreme dessert option. Okay, okay, okay. Hmm. Well, let me just say this then. Does does your heart truly think that cake is better? Oh, absolutely. What is yes? Well, are you sure about that? I am 100%. When's the last time you had pie? Uh, I believe it was during the Clinton administration. See? Um, and just... I accidentally thought it was cake. Just a weird shaped cake, and then I immediately. <laughs> so you set yourself up for disappointment <laughs> there. <laughs> oh, what is this weird shaped cake? Okay, I'll give it a try. Mm. Oh, yuck! Oh, gross! Ew! <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I think you you know what? I got an idea, Kyle. Next episode here, I'm gonna bake a pie. Why would you? And I'm gonna give why would you slice. bake it for this episode, dude? I'm here right now. Because <laughs> okay, I just I, thought this I, idea to be right fair, now. I would agree with that. Yeah, you should have had some. Well, Stuff you're welcome, there. next guest, for uh, setting you up with a slice of delicious pie. Uh, no, no pressure. I, I do have to do it, so. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, you know what? It'll be during our Christmas episode, so oh, yeah, yeah, that's Christmas nice. pie. Look at that. Hmm. Just perfect. Yeah, gross. That, nobody Christmas says pie. That. Christmas pies. Oh, Christmas pies. <laughs> no one says Christmas yeah. cakes either. That's well, stupid. It, yeah, but yeah. that's the that's the point. Is nobody's like, oh yeah, I, I I will give you guys that Thanksgiving pies have their moment in the sun. I will say that it the, is the holiday dessert. I will say Best that is Thanksgiving is not is not a cake day. I agree with that. Good. Every other day is a cake day. So we'll, we'll leave it up to the listeners to decide again. Again, what? Uh, Stay what tuned is. for uh, team pie shirts. Yes, team, team pie all the way. Oh yeah, well team team cake shirts are going to be tank tops and <clears throat> retro. And yes, sell tank tops <laughs> in the middle of Michigan winter. Yeah, that sounds that. really cool. <laughs> but like for indoors, team you know? pie sweaters coming who, your way. <laughs> who wears tank tops indoors during the winter? It doesn't make sense. I wear tank tops indoors during the winter. No, you don't. I have a well heated house. Hmm. Okay, well, I think that's about as much as we can do with our keg v. pie debate, which will never end. It will keep going until the end of time, or until at least yeah. we croak. So, <laughs> um, But okay, let's go ahead and start with our um, Kyle's topic, which I think is an interesting one, because it can go pretty much anywhere, really. And that is lore. So, um, Oh, like the, the singer, Lord. No, no, lore. Uh, <laughs> L-O-R-E. Oh, that kind yes. of, that kind yes. of lore. Um, yeah, is, it, is it you and I that share that appreciation of lore, Brandon? I can't remember if it's me or Brady or not, because I'm a terrible friend. But, like, <laughs> it is you and yes. I then. Okay. Yeah, it was, it was, it was me. So, uh, we, we talk a lot during work about lore and such. Yes. So, like, <laughs> I, it, in a lot of things. I believe I rattled his ear off one day about Warhammer 40k lore. <laughs> <laughs> so, just, just for our listeners who might not know what lore means... Uh, lore, in a sense, is basically like expanding the world of a certain like property. So, like you know, a movie, a book, a TV show, or a video game. You know, basically, if you want to know more about that world, you look into like you know books about it, or like you know the stuff that's in that world that basically enhances like you know the different cultures, the different worlds in itself, or whatever. Basically, expanding on what you love even more. So um, I guess the prime example would be that would be the Similarian from the Lord of the Rings series. Yes, um, that's pretty is like, much Lore the book. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and um, basically that that that's what it is in a sense. But 
yeah, just just wanted to say that like out front before we begin here. Um, but I, I'll have to ask, what you, what's your guys' favorite lore like out of anything that you've watched, read, or played, hmm. really? I wish I was prepared for that because that, that's, <laughs> that's a tough question for me. Well, I know you spoke of like some stuff at work, so I feel yeah. like that would be some of your favorites. I think as far as like sheer awesomeness and how like like there's tons of stories in Warhammer 40k of like one guy just being an incredible badass yeah and going absolutely insane mm-hmm. just by himself like one guy Kaldor Drago I think he basically is trapped in hell and he fights demons Whoa. like forever <laughs> <laughs> and he never like he doesn't lose because he's that awesome at yeah. fighting and, and he just like he doesn't actually calories burned yeah yeah Exactly, <laughs> but he, he eats lots of pie so that he uh, uh, he, he keeps his calories trick. up. Yeah, that's that makes sense. They would serve pie in hell. <laughs> oh, damn, I gave you that one. That, one. Uh, that oh, one's Kyle. my bad. Sorry, pie people. Oh, Kyle. <laughs> so so just for people who aren't uh, aren't aware, what what's Warhammer exactly? Warhammer is a tabletop game, mm-hmm. kind of like a like a D and D type thing. Yeah, like tabletop except it's games. it's more like a. A war game with like miniatures. It focuses on the miniatures gotcha. and commanding your army. Mm-hmm. Um, Warhammer 40k is the science fiction setting of the Warhammer fantasy universe. Mm-hmm. I, I I assume like with the 40k lore, like there's like books written about the different worlds <clears throat> in that universe. There's like you know different side games that explore you know certain aspects yeah. of like characters or you know factions and such. Yeah, right? the setting of Warhammer is designed to be an entire galaxy. So hmm. humans have basically created an entire galactic empire called the Imperium of Man. Ooh. It controls about a million planets in the galaxy, and there are many other factions that are out pretty much for the annihilation of all living things in the galaxy and the greater universe in the case of one of them. Right. It's like this very dark setting where you have the human soldiers that are, like the regular humans are basically just throwaway soldiers. They're very cheap units in the game. Mm. And you can throw out like hundreds of them just as like enemy fodder. And then you can yeah. buy like bigger units like a tank that'll actually like do more damage and stuff. And then you have the Space Marines, which are yeah. pretty much everybody's favorite. They're, <laughs> they're what inspired like Halo's Master Chief, the Gears of War Marines. Yeah. All that's like all these super soldiers are pretty much. They take a lot of stuff from Space Marines. Yeah, I, I I can't attest to this. Like I've seen what Space Marines look like for 40k, and like I think I've seen them too. Pretty actually, iconic, yeah. just like really yeah. bulky armor, like yeah. huge shoulder pads, the huge power armor, the yeah. huge weapons. There's like a lot of them have swords that are just chainsaws. Okay, <laughs> now I do know what you're talking about because when I've picked up miniatures for D and D, I've definitely seen these guys in the same section. Yeah, it, that's it's pretty cool. And I remember like you were telling me about some like specific creatures that are like absolutely horrifying that like most people the would not know. Tyranids. Yes, the tyranids. Yeah. So if anybody is familiar with Starcraft, because that is probably more well known. There's a race in Starcraft called the Zerg, which are like this swarm race. It's like a hive mind, and they or like just, the Flood and Halo. Kinda. Yeah, the Flood yeah. and Halo was another yeah. one. It's a hive mind. There's tons and tons of these little alien creatures, and they pretty much just overwhelm like mm-hmm. any enemy in their way, and that is all taken from the Tyranids. <laughs> <laughs> they consume biomass and any living, any living tissue, and it turns into more Tyranids. So like even gotcha. their own Tyranids, they consume and get made into new Tyranids. Yeah. Enemies, it's... It's horrifying, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just that idea. Ugh. So would you say that is your favorite lore out of like any 
piece of media at all. Probably or, for science fiction. For science fiction. Yeah. Because, yeah. like, there is definitely a, a split difference with it. Because, like, there's fantasy Absolutely. lore and science fiction lore. Sure. So, like, fantasy yeah. lore, I would definitely say that Lord of the Rings is the king of that. Mm-hmm. Just because yeah. he spent, like, 20 years working on that stuff. Yeah. yeah. You and can't not be good. And it pe- shows. It, yeah. And Absolutely. people from his estate added on to it since then. Which, yes. Like, his son and such. And, like, you know... A lot of things like it, it's but so does that intricate. feel does that feel more retconny like as more like after the fact like let's 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 dive into this a little bit more kind of like uh, J.K. Rowling adding more to Harry Potter's lore. Okay, yeah, because I actually did want to talk about that too with Harry Potter lore. Yeah, is that um, to a certain extent? I guess is what you consider what because like there really isn't a like definite like surety with you know some properties lore so you know if you're only like whatever's in the books or whatever's in that piece of like media like that's it there's nothing more than that's what your extent of lore is whatever mm-hmm. is in that world yeah but if you think you know there's extended pieces of you know outlets that like you know continue it or you know expand upon certain things like you know a website for instance called Pottermore or different books yeah. like you know Tales of Beetle the Bard there or are Quish tons of, the of Star Wars novels that Absolutely. do the exact same thing as yes. well definitely and if you want to expand on that you can so I guess it's kind of subjective Heck, the, man- the Mandalorian's lore yeah it, it really is you know it's like another show you know that basically talks about one thing in the Star Wars universe yeah. you don't have to watch it mm-hmm. but it's there if you do it's supplemental basically um, but with J.K. Rowling, for instance, sometimes I feel a little conflicted with it because her, like, when, when it comes to, like, Pottermore site stuff, like, you know, that stuff being written down. That's like saying, okay, here's, you know, if you want to talk about more about Umbridge's life or McGonagall's life, you know, there it is. There's some book inserts that she wrote about those characters' backgrounds and what their life was like and extra stuff that you wouldn't know in the books. But then you get Twitter comments, which are just <laughs> comments, in posts that don't really add to anything. And it's like, I thought this That's idea so 20 Twitter. years ago. <laughs> like, in my Quality opinion, in, in my opinion, I don't think those are as valid because objectively, you can just make a spun comment out of the blue and people like either will or won't accept it as fact because that gets debated. Now, if that's in the website or in a book or something that's written down, then fine. I will be 100% for it. Because so the medium is what's the difference? The medium is the difference because if it's a social media post saying – it's like – well, going off topic doesn't really have lore, but <laughs> – Not yet. Uh, We're getting a cake pie kind of lore going uh, there. <laughs> okay. So let's say, for instance um, – Okay, you know what? Let, let, let's go with this scenario. So, you're a cake guy, and I'm a pie guy. Sure. And sure. what if, let's say, for instance, we have a social media department, for instance. Yeah. And one of our interns, uh, let's say, call him Billy. Uh, Billy. Unpaid interns. Unpaid let's intern. be real we, here. No, no, we we, we pay with an experience, you know. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, they'll be grateful for so experience. So Billy, you know, comes up with a story, and he says that you like pie and i like pie and kyle likes pie fake news <laughs> no i like pie that, that, yeah, that, I, like I, pie too. that I was see, a pie guy see at that point he made a post about us with that in, in a sense that is kind of our lore you know we it's a very consistent thing that we talk about on this show and you know does that post is that true no it wouldn't be because you like cake very much, very, very much. Damn right. <laughs> so to me, like, you know, JK makes a comment about something like wizards pooping. 
Like, just like... <laughs> Ew! Did you hear about that? <laughs> no, I actually didn't. So, apparently, wizards only just started using toilets for the past 150 years or so. <sighs> what they would do normally is just poop while they walk and make the poop disappear. I'm not joking. What? Yeah. That's and disgusting. And she said that, like, in a post on Twitter. It's like, okay... First off, that's stupid. But second, that is stupid. <laughs> but and second, I'm like, that was never any she's sort just, of like. She's just JKing all of us. That's what this <laughs> just is. Kidding. That's what all of this is at this point. It's so easy to do, and we all fall for it, so hook, line, funny. and sinker. Yeah. So to to kind of like, or in this case, hook, line, and yes, stinker. Uh-huh. <laughs> and there's other cases which I can think of, like for instance, Elder Scrolls, for instance. Oh yeah, so, that's a good one. Yeah, which I I will I will definitely talk about awesome here soon. Yeah. Yes, it is. Um, so like there's supplemental material within that world. So like you know in the games there are books about culture, history, religion, and you know races and animals and you name it. Like within those games, but then there's like novels that talk about other stuff that's outside the games and there's like a cookbook about you know how to make your elder scrolls food and such you know is that in the game some of it is some of it's not but you know it's within that context of the world in a sense so um but let's say for instance someone made a mod in the game so like they added their own stuff to the game that would not be considered part of the lore of the series because someone added that themselves you know that's not part of like you know the original team or the team associated with the original team kind of thing. So hold, hold up just a moment. Are you telling me that Macho Man is not actually a dragon in Elder Scrolls? <laughs> <laughs> it's, oh, the best, it's the best mod. <laughs> Macho Man. It, that is an amazing mod. <laughs> <laughs> it really is. I've, I've actually downloaded it on my PC. Yeah. It's wonderful. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> but, you know, yeah, I guess that's what I would say. It's like, it depends on what, where you're getting that from, I guess, when it comes to retconning, you know, quotations in a sense um but but there's sometimes some things like star wars for instance so before disney bought star wars there was a bunch of novels a bunch of games like knights of the old republic and you know the um uh the thrawn saga for the books for star wars that's for, the general yes okay the blue skin general or the grand admiral i think yeah yeah i yeah. had a friend that loved that guy oh yeah <laughs> he's he's awesome yeah and for years decades People always thought that was part of the lore. But Disney bought Star Wars in 2012. In 2015, they made a statement. They said, all the stuff that you've seen in comics, that you've read in books, that you've played the games, it's not canon. Everything that we do from now on at this point is canon in everything that we do. So lore can be canceled. Lore can be canceled, apparently. Mm-hmm. And they did that, something similar with uh, the Netflix Marvel shows, I believe. Yes. Yes, they yes. did. Yeah, that's true. Which, Which is, is very, very unfortunate. Yeah. Those shows were great for the most part. So it's like, you know, it, it makes me sad that that's no longer. It, it's something that I still have access to for the time being. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, like it's not considered part of the lore anymore. So, like, I'll say this. One of my favorite Star Wars games was like Knights of the Republic and Star Wars um, Bounty Hunter. Like those games were awesome, you know, but they're not considered part of the lore anymore. They're more of a, they have a label for those things now. They're called Star Wars Legends in a sense. So Uh, they still have publication them because they still want to make money off of this stuff. Sure. But it's not considered canon in the lore of Star Wars in a sense. And they're already like, and and I kind of get their point 
of why they did that because you know they want more creative freedom in what they do which i which mm-hmm. in a sense it makes sense but you're basically they actually made a comment recently kathleen kennedy said like um in some sort of article i read she said that it was harder to make new stories when there wasn't much material go figure when you cancel everything else mm-hmm. that's happened in this series and make it legends well, not canon you know didn't some of those novels like directly contradict some of the movies too yes like there's a Star Destroyer ship. Is that is that just the novels? Yes. I, I'm not familiar with Star Wars, but mm. that's supposed to be larger than the Death Star, correct? Yes. Yeah, see, I that's kind so. of ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> so I understand retconning that particular thing. Yes. So like, there's, there's ups and downs with that, but, you know, I, I feel Lore like... Lore like the Force requires balance. Exactly. As all things should be. As all things should be. Thanos. <laughs> but yeah, I, I feel like sometimes... Retconning can be a good thing and a bad thing, depending on what 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 you're exactly retconning in a sense. So it, it's a it's a touchy you know subject with some people, but you know it can go either way. Um, do you have a favorite lore that you can think of offhand? I don't know if I have a favorite lore offhand. Um, okay, I, moving on. <laughs> so, okay, yeah. Move on to the next question. Nobody cares anyway. He's uh, a cake guy. <laughs> my, my opinion is automatically trash oh, at this point. Yes. Uh, basically, what I what I'm more thinking about is that I think what separates successful franchises from non-successful franchises more than anything else is lore mm-hmm. and how well lore is yeah. built up. Take Lord of the Rings for example, Harry Potter, Star Wars, Game of Thrones. Oh yeah. A lot of the time, I at least me personally, I found myself like for Game of Thrones, for example. The main story is all fine for the most part. Well, we won't get into season eight, and <laughs> nope, we already discussed that. <laughs> but when I was reading the books, George R. R. Martin really had a talent for going into very detailed explanations of what these people were wearing, their sigils, where their sigils came from, why their sigils are their sigils. And that in itself is creating lore. Mm-hmm. When you have a description of a bannerman who has a, this is not, I'm going off topic here, but like, hey. or going off uh, the, the content, uh, like, oh, like a bannerman with a pterodactyl on their shirt. Yeah. Okay. Why is it a pterodactyl? And then you're, you're re- as a reader, you're sitting there like, well, why the heck is it a pterodactyl? And you're thinking about it. <laughs> and you, pterodactyls are cool. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that's, that's his reasoning. You just see like a Wikipedia <laughs> article. Because they're cool. Because yeah. they're cool. And it's like spelled C U Z. You have the drowned men from uh, the 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 uh, the Ironborn, and you yep. have, in my opinion, my the most the most interesting part of Game of Thrones, uh, besides the White Walkers and their origin, mm-hmm. um, is the House of Black and White. Uh, that was incredibly fascinating to me, and I wanted that. So basically, when you flesh out these other side things is what I think lore really is, is these side peripheral things. Mm-hmm. It creates an interest for the viewer or listener or, or watcher or whoever. Yeah. It's like, well, no, I want to explore more of that. And as the creator of mm-hmm. that content of you are basically creating more paths of creative content for yourself by establishing this peripheral content. Yeah. And I try to do that a little bit in our Dungeons and Dragons campaign that we play. Yep. Is I'm not using a pre-made campaign at all. Um, everything that we have has been built from me, essentially. And so in my downtime, I'll try to create my own lore associated with it and try to create side peripheral stuff that the players can explore if they want to, but they don't have to. Yeah. And But I want it to feel like a more fleshed out world. And I think that's what makes these franchises successful is they feel like fleshed out worlds mm-hmm. as opposed to just 
pigeonholing into one specific spot of a story or a narrative yeah and not giving any sides stuff to yeah. the content yeah so exactly would, would you say that harry potter has a very fleshed out lore uh fleshed out um I, that's difficult i don't know if i'd say fleshed out okay but in some cases like brandon was getting into maybe over fleshed out um because sometimes the mystery of lore is better than actually exploring it True. The fort, the Forbidden Forest, for example, is 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 an example for me, and the the lake, where we get little bits and pieces and, and hints that there's lots of crazy stuff and mysteries oh, yeah. there, and that in itself is interesting to me, and it's something I want to explore, but then at the same time I don't want to explore because then the mystery's gone. Oh yeah, I mean like if it, going into this example, there's still stuff that has not been explained in the um, Harry Potter lore, like for instance the other schools. There's more than just. Oh yeah, exactly. Hogwarts. That's a yeah. great example. So you have like I learned that one recently, actually. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not super familiar with the books. I've never oh, read yeah. them. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> <laughs> actually, could you tell your story of why you haven't? read Oh the yeah, books? I'll tell you the this... lore for why I've never read Harry Potter. <laughs> this, this is actually. So really I funny. was in I was in elementary school, and uh, at the time, the Goblet of Fire had just come out. Okay. And as a kid, of course, you judge a book by a cover. And I was, I've seen all these Harry Potter books. It's like, oh, Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone. It's like, I don't want to read about rock. And it's like the Chamber of Secrets. It's like, that sounds boring. <laughs> so, a Chamber of Secrets, But then though. I was like, the Goblet of Fire. I don't know what a uh, goblet is, but it's fire. That's yeah, cool. That's and I went to try and check it out of the library. And the librarian says, oh, that's going to be a good one. Have you read the others? And I said, there's others? And she goes, yeah, the other Harry Potter books. And I, said, there are I haven't others. read those. And she goes... Well, I, I can't let you check this out then. You're going to have to read the other ones. And I said, wow, that's a eh, forget it. And then I never read them for the rest of, it, for the rest of my life. I just Dang. never went back to it. I got to say, though, that's a responsible librarian. She's yeah. like, no, 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 well, no, no. But also You're forget gonna... about it. Let me read what I want to read. <laughs> you know, yeah. the funny thing is, is that like, and I, and I know this because I've listened to the Goblet of Fire. Actually, the oh, first yeah. four books on tape had, are really had, good. Yeah, have done this yeah. a lot. And basically... Goblet of Fire in the beginning actually kind of recaps the past three books and got and Prisoner of Azkaban does the same thing. <laughs> you would have been fine. So she kind of screwed you over a little bit because she's not well versed yeah. enough to read the I'm first one of chapter. Like basically, ten people in our in our age group that didn't grow up reading Harry Potter. <laughs> um, but yeah, getting back to um, Harry Potter, like the there's like the schools. So there's Ilmory, which is a American school, which is in Boston. Um, at, in Massachusetts, I mean, it, it's like out in Did, the woods. Is that the one that Newt Scamander attended in the other uh, the new movies? No, Newt Scamander went to Hogwarts as a oh. Hufflepuff, but he just okay. goes to America in one of the movies. Um, but then you have the other schools, so like, you know, Bob Batten's and Gumstrang, which are still in Europe. So it's supposed it's alleged that Bob Batten's in, is in France, and then Durmstrang is some Eastern, yeah, you know, yeah. European <laughs> one. But then there's two other ones, which I. Can't for the life of me can't think of the name, but there's one in Africa and then there's one in Japan. What? How? What yeah, are those? Dude, I want to see like, a samurai wizard. Yes. bring it on. That'd be awesome. <laughs> That'd be exactly. cool. You know? yeah. oh, oh no, and the other one's in Brazil. That's the other yeah. one. So like, there's three additional schools. Well, four really that weren't in the books, but like they were talked about, you know, in supplemental material, you know, and like they weren't completely fleshed out. But it's there to wonder, you know, like okay, yeah. what is this school like? What what are what are some of these things? And then there's the Fantastic Beast book which talks about some of the animals that are in the wizarding world. So um, like there's some animals that were never in the books, but they're talked about in this book. You know, for instance, there is a, uh, 
there's a there's a really disturbing monster that's actually in the wizarding <laughs> world. It's called the Leatherfold, and it the um the Ministry of Magic um so they're, they're clarified by X's. So like one X means it's not dangerous at all to humans, and there's like two X, three X, four X, five X is the most dangerous. Like you cannot tame them, you cannot be around them because they will kill you, kind of thing. So the Leatherfold is it was one of the rare five X clarification like, so like with dragons and stuff dragons um that are the um the giant spiders the um oh, like like the aragog guy yeah that was so cool like, our, yeah, i hate uh, spiders so. <laughs> <laughs> so like so but this love the fold is a 5x category and what it is basically think of it like as a dementor but a giant blanket mm. so this giant blanket is only located Death blanket <laughs> so, well, okay i guess like a curtain i guess so it's Death only curtain. <laughs> so it's only located in Papua New Guinea, I think, or some of that. Basically, it slithers in through the window. Like, you can have like really Anything like thing that slithers is just not a good thing. So like it can slither right through the window into your place. You could be sleeping on your bed. It covers you over the bed, basically consumes you, absorbs you without a sound because you're muffled underneath it. And then the blanket gets a little bit thicker, and then it slides out. Thick. No evidence of you is ever left behind so no blood no body parts nothing you're just completely gone and it just slithers out and goes away that and seems like Papua New Guinea in that case would need uh, a collection of a new policy of the it's coming right at us. <laughs> Honestly, to me, that sounds like one of those really messed up Pokedex entries. Yeah, <laughs> I was going to comment on that. That's a great yeah. example of lore right there in and, itself. You know, oh, like they, a Pokedex they, entry? they make yeah. all this extra lore just from these entries. Oh, yeah. It's crazy, you know, and yeah. like. There, there's one like about Gengar, like you know, one of the ghost Pokemon, Gosh, and like some disturbing a, ones. Apparently, like, if he follows you, you're basically about to die or something like yeah, that. Like, like one of the recent man. entries said that. Yeah. I'm like, ooh, like I never knew. There was oh. one that went around <laughs> uh, social media recently. It was the little, the little ghost candle Pokemon, Litwick. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Litwick. Uh, it steals your soul yep. and its flame grows brighter. Mm-hmm. But and it, it does this by like watching over you while you sleep or something. Whoa. And. It was. It went around like as memes because people were like having them as their campsite in the Pokemon games. Uh-huh. Nice. <laughs> uh huh. Nice. So I guess my question is: Is lore inevitable with all creative inventions? I would say if you want them to succeed, yes. <laughs> um, it depends, I guess. So, like, it, for instance, there's not going to be lore with a poem, really. Why not? Because it's very limited. Like, there's only so much you can talk about. But, I mean, like, yeah, okay, like Beowulf, for instance. Yeah, you can add upon more lore with that. But, you know, with most poems, like, there's not enough content to make... You're a- talking, like, uh, roses or red violets or blue poems, though. He's talking, like, world-building Oh, kind okay, of I thought you were just talking, like, any piece of media. I'm like, Mike, uh, no. no. <laughs> well, no, you're not going to make media, or, like, lore for, like, a Hallmark card. <laughs> 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 Just like imagine. Happy birthday. But what about this cake? <laughs> Birthdays stretch back 5,000 years to the dark <laughs> When the card was first created. <laughs> oh, man. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess you could. Um, I guess how much you love the work and how much people love the work in itself. So I guess like the first entry in anything is always kind of like testing the waters out to see like if it has potential for lore or not. Yeah. So lore is everything around the story, essentially. Yeah, yeah that's On a the good, way of, good way of putting so. it. The crust, if you will, um, of the pie. I had been listening to some YouTube videos that Brandon Sanderson has. He teaches a class on science fiction and fantasy writing. 
And uh, he calls the world building thing the iceberg mm-hmm. and iceberg theory. Hmm. So it's where when you're building the world, you want to show them a little bit at a time, mm-hmm. like the tip of the iceberg that you see above the water's surface. Yeah. But you can have the underneath of the surface where it's just this huge mass of ice. Yeah, yeah. But the idea is if you dump the whole iceberg on them at the same time, nobody's going to care about your story. Yep. Because they just exactly. read like three hours of like 4,000 years ago in the context of the story. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, um, and then following up on that, so could hypothetically lore be an infinite thing? Because a new piece of lore is created, new lore can branch off of that? Um, I guess it depends on like, if there's like a lore master with the thing, because I know like for Elder Scrolls, there's an actual person at Bethesda was, who is yeah. a lore responsible master responsible just for that. Yes, man, that's the, a sweet job. job. Yeah, I'd say that so. that is an awesome job. Yeah. <laughs> I think I think a lot of companies have that because yeah. I know there's I mean there's there's uh, there's Bibles for productions where yep. it's like this character. Yeah, this, like on a film set they have it, that. which is yeah. called a script supervisor. They yeah. always like I was on a set recently this this past week mm-hmm. uh, there was a script supervisor who was going over continuity yep. so, you know to fix up you know visual errors for instance like oh no he was wearing this shirt this way like oh he had um his keys out on the left side of his pants or whatever like you know you make sure it's exposed kind of mm-hmm. thing. like they always have these like you know checkups and everything like yep. that so daenerys left her coffee cup on the table um i also thought of this too like the, what's really great about some lore is that, like, you know, fantasy, for instance, you can basically do anything from it. Mm-hmm. Like, you can base off anything. But also another type of lore, which I think is very fascinating, is the alternate history kind of, like, you know, stuff. So I'll, I'll give an example. So the com- the comic book Watchmen, for instance, it's basically an alternate version of our world, of, our, of the world that we live in right now. And it's cool because if you really want to dive deep into it, besides what the story tells, there's also inserts of like, you know, magazines, you know, interviews and, you know, books and such. And, you know, you can see like the comparisons of our world with theirs, like little differences, like, oh, Richard Nixon is actually serving his fourth term as president of the United States, or, hey, we actually won Vietnam, or, you know, like, you know, certain things like, oh, actually, comic book superheroes aren't a thing in this world. Instead, there's pirate comic books, which are way more popular. And Superman was only a fad for like a couple years and just completely was irrelevant kind of thing. Like that kind of stuff, like and especially with the new HBO show and such, like there's so much more comparisons with our stuff. And like you can get really deep into that lore, you know, just from saying like what other comparisons can we make from our own world to theirs kind of thing. And it's, it, it becomes like a, its own game really in a sense, you know, and just I like stuff like that. And that's why my pick for one of my favorite lore pieces is Fallout. And yeah, Fallout's a great example. Yeah. And it's kind of the same thing in a sense. But let's say, for instance, it's a video game series for those who don't know. Um, but with Fallout, the, the premise of it is that um, somewhere in the 1950s, culture stood a standstill, but technology rose. So like 50s culture remained prevalent for the next like, oh, I don't know, uh, 120, 130 years. Oh, you so know, that's from... why they have all that weird music and stuff? Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> okay. I didn't weird. actually know that. Yeah. So the culture of the 50s was relevant and just went on. But the technology was like, you know, analog, but like there was, but it advanced yeah. in analog technology. And then in 2077, the U.S. was fighting a war with China. China was becoming the Cold World superpower, not Russia. It was basically overtaking that whole, you know, country, the whole um, eastern part of the world. And then they were in a nuclear arms conflict. World War Three only lasted for like five minutes. And then the whole world just 
became an apocalyptic winter wasteland, you know, and like just complete nuclear winter, just like nothing left. And then depending on what game you start, you know, like Fallout 76, if you really want to go that piece of garbage, (laughs) that takes place 25 years after the first bombs dropped. And like, you can see the world within that, or you can take the first Fallout game, which is about a hundred years, I think, or something from the first bomb dropping. They have like Fallout 3 New Vegas, which takes place over like 200 years or so. And then you can learn certain things that are different from our world to their world kind of thing. So like, I like alternate reality, like kind of stories in a sense. And there's so much more within that game universe so like you know there's um they have these things called like like audio tapes basically and or like you know you, you look on your pet boy and like you read like you know a message a journal or you know about a certain thing happening or with a certain someone you know or you can like listen to audio tapes of people talking you know like that enhances the world of like that area like hey there's this part like there's an example in fallout 3 where like there's like six tapes scattered throughout the wasteland of washington dc and they're 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 never like in the same area, like close by. They're spread out, but it actually entails a story of a family trying to reunite while the bomb is about to go down on DC. And they eventually, if you if you listen to the tapes and find them in um, numerical order, by like tape five out of six, there's only two people left in the family because they never were around in time to be together. And that other person was locked from the outside while the other person was from the inside. And if you go to that spot where the sixth tape is at, you see that there's a feral ghoul, I think, like outside the um, the, the bomb shelter. And then inside is a dead body, I think, or something like that. And like that ghoul was actually one of the characters in that audio tape that you followed. And like I think the ghoul actually like is labeled a name kind of thing to signify, hey, this is the same person you've been reading or listening about for the past, you know few like several minutes or whatever you when you're in this camp quest and such like that, that kind of stuff is really fascinating and you wouldn't you just like walk by that if you didn't like pay attention but there's so much stuff within that world that you can go into and you know i'm just rambling on but it's actually i like that kind of thing you know that amount of detail put into it do you remember the frost flow lighthouse in skyrim is that the one with the um that is the like family the, that gets yeah the family it, it, below, that's, oh, that's yeah. my favorite skyrim quest oh that's so good yeah that was really <laughs> creepy there's a lot of good environmental storytelling Mm -hmm. and uh it's just like the found footage kind of style too with the you find their their diary entries and stuff Mm -hmm. very good definitely is it possible to have too much lore no not for me (laughs) um i guess the quality of it matters so like you know if it's like something that like you're focusing really minimal stuff that doesn't add to anything so I guess it couldn't be it couldn't you would say it couldn't be oversaturated or it could be oversaturated. I, I guess not. I guess the only thing I can think of when it comes to too much lore kind of thing is like for instance like comic books. Mm-hmm. So Marvel, DC, like I, I love all those, but if you like try to like combine all the lore within that comic book company, you're talking about like thousands of universes and alternate realities. You mm-hmm. which counts the MCU, mm-hmm. mind you. Like if you account all of those, there's like hundreds or thousands of universes you have to account for. And then they all cross stream with each other. And like to an extent, you know, some of them are practically useless and we're just like joke universes, but technically they do count as a universe within that world, that universe, universe within universe. Okay. I'm already following my words here. <laughs> um, but like, you know, that's in my opinion, like DC and Marvel way too much, unless you're only specifically talking about one of those universes, then I'd say, no, then it's not too much lore. But oh, if you're wait, accounting wait. for 
everything, then yes, that's way too much. Gotcha. In my opinion. Like that that's the way I see it, you know. The the one thing I think I can glarely think is like um like one shot universes. So like for instance, um what if Batman was uh, like Batman in like the nineteenth century England. What if Squirrel Girl fought Galactus? Oh, here we go. <laughs> uh, we 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 need the, we debated uh, the this Squirrel so Girl much. movie starring Anna Kendrick. Okay, Ooh, I like was, ha- I like half of that idea. I like half of that idea. <laughs> I I love when actually uh, movies decide to adapt obscure things or obscure or heroes Disney Plus or, original series. <laughs> Yeah, I I mean honestly, I I like it when they they take something that isn't as popular or as well known and they just flesh it out. I would I would Hulk still I'm still down for Marvel. the Keanu Reeves Moon Knight. Not gonna lie. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I think he would be great as Moon Knight for sure. And uh, the the Vigo Mortensen Doctor Doom. Doctor Doom. Yeah, yeah, I could see that. Yeah. I could definitely I, I love see that. that one. Yeah, mm-hmm. that would be awesome. It would be cool. <laughs> okay, I have to give a story behind this. So more lore I, for I, you. This is, this is work lore here. Work lore. Uh, yeah, there so, you go. Uh, <laughs> so basically, like, months ago, he came up with this idea, and I and I thought, you know what? I'm going to mess with him. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> and he goes like, you know, it would be cool if Viggo Mortensen was Dr. Doom. And I thought an idea in my head at the time, and I'm like, what if I just gave him, like, a complete no answer every single time he brings it up? <laughs> and I'm like, no, he's too old. And you're like, what do you mean he's too old? I'm like, yeah, he's, like, 50 or 60. Like, I, just... I got pretty offended. No, no, no. <laughs> what the heck, no, no. dude? No, no. Vigo's awesome. That's not the boiling point. It's the boiling not, no. point was when Peter Dinklage came into the equation. And I said, Peter oh Dinklage God. would be a great Doctor Doom. And you what? just... Yeah. <laughs> I flipped out. That was exactly what it's I like, said. It's like, you are an idiot, sir. <laughs> like, you're saying because... <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, no, no, no. Like, like, dude, I was kidding the whole time. Viggo Mortensen would actually be a great it, Doctor Doom. It was Doom. definitely one of those moments at work where, like, I had completely <laughs> lost my mind. And I went on, like, a five-minute <laughs> rant... And when I finally right. stopped, there was like 30 seconds of dead silence where him and Brady were just like, bro, dude, dude. <laughs> like it, it, the whole time I was literally killing, kidding about the whole thing. Uh-huh. <laughs> just like, I was, just, I was consistent. This wasn't just like a one day thing. Like I get kept up put the this thought for like the next couple weeks kind of thing. I see. I see. <laughs> and, and then like, there was a point where like, um, this is like a couple months ago when I gave the idea that you were going to be on the show and I'm like, Oh, what's some of the topics you do? And then you said Vigo Mortensen as Doctor Doom. It's a whole topic I'm bringing. Yeah. I'm like, oh man, he still thinks that. I'm like, oh, this is perfect. <laughs> but yeah, there's um, there's actually one question that I can I, I want to bring up is is there such thing as bad lore? Like, yes. ooh, I uh, yeah, I dislike most of the Star Wars lore personally. <laughs> really, I'm not really a huge Star Wars fan in general, but even then, like. Because lore is like my favorite part of most of these things because I'm all about the world building. Yeah. And most of what I know about Star Wars lore seems very bland. Hmm. And uh, I actually think the same thing about um, Aragon. Yes. The, the Aragon the book. books. Yeah. It's it's not that one is bad so much as it is it's just not fleshed out. And it's kind of like like really poor thinking. It's, not, it's poorly thought out world building too because pretty much in Aragon, if you're not a human... You suck. <laughs> or I mean, if you are a human, you suck. If you're gotcha. if you're not anything else, then yeah. you suck. There's actually one lore I can think of. It's not bad per se, but the continuity is all over the place. But the lore that's in it is basically like inside jokes of this comedy show. So The Simpsons, for instance, 
lots of seasons to go through, 31 as of right now. And there's inside jokes from previous seasons that don't make sense if it was considered like, you know, the latest season. So like there's a joke about um, the monorail running through Springfield, for instance. And it was one of the funniest episodes of the, sh- of the whole series. And it was take place back in season four. Now, if you made a joke about that in season 31, it wouldn't make sense because that was like 20, no, even not 20. That was like 27 years ago. And um, it's like, why that, that doesn't make sense. But it's, you know, a joke that, you know, the older viewers can be like, oh yeah, I remember that. But there's like in the background, like a destroyed monorail, like in the background or something like that. Like it's technically a part of the Simpsons lore, but you know, it's not consistent because the Simpsons stay the same age every single year. In my, in my belief, I think it's like a re, like a reset each season in a sense. So like, you know, they stay the same age, but the, but the year like changes in a sense. So mm-hmm. like, you know, Homer back like in the, um, in 1989, when the show started, like, you know, he's 34 years old or something like that. So like, you know, he was born in the fifties in a sense, but like, you know, in season 31, you know, he's 34, so he'd be born in the 80s, for instance. Kind of thing. It's, it's, it's like that. Like, the lore is, like, really out there. And they still have, like, Grandpa Simpson being a World War II veteran, and it does not make sense because that means he was, like, <laughs> in his 60s mm-hmm. when he had Homer. <laughs> but, like, you know, it's, like, that kind of thing. Like, you know, I guess that's considered bad lore because it's not consistent, but it fleshes out, like, older jokes from older episodes, I guess. Eh. You know, but... I think that one gets a pass, though, because they do the same kind of deal with Captain America and the MCU. Oh, yeah. Like, well, because when he was first thought out, like, in the comic books, it's only been, like, 20 or 30 years since yeah. World War II. Mm-hmm. But when you do the first Captain America movie back in, like, 2011 or something, yeah, it's suddenly been, like, another 40 years beyond that. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah, beyond the point in the <laughs> but they 60s. Still, but they're still going to sit yeah. there and try and tell you a story about how he had this girl that he loved back in World War II. Yeah. And she's still somehow alive, even though she's on the brink of death. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And then like, um, actually just think about it. I I know we talk about the MCU a lot in the show and I, and I, and I realize that and I'm sorry for all the DC fanboys, but whatever. (laughs) Um, but (laughs) we kind of made this face like, what, that's a problem. (laughs) 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 Um, but like, you know, the Marvel shows that are out, right now so like you know the um disney plus ones are coming out later in 2020 and 2021 and so on and so forth that's lore to that universe and it's consistent and such and i Mm -hmm. think that's a really cool thing because you know it doesn't need a movie per se but you can like have a show that you can like attach those characters for you know how many seasons you decide to do it but they're Mm -hmm. also apparently going to be very much canon with the movies like they just said like the the new doctor strange movie is very much has a lot of relevance to the Vision show or the the Cap uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier show and such. Like it's mm-hmm. like okay, that means I have to watch the shows now. You know, before it was kind of like just alluded to, like in you know, the Daredevil Netflix yeah. show. It's like hey, there's the God of Thunder. Like here's that big strong guy with the hammer. You know, they don't say Thor's name, but you know, mm-hmm. they, they, you know it's there kind of thing. But there's really not much like you know emphasis on lore. It's more just storytelling thing, but. Um, I just think it's cool that, like, you know, these shows, in a sense, are, like, adding on that continuity, you know. So it's just more fleshing out, which I think is awesome, you know. You said something about uh, bad world building. What What do you think is a good example of bad world building? What, what would that mean? Honestly, part, partially Aragon. That would be the first example that I would go to. Trash. And it, it's, not, it's not that it's, like, a tragic error and he shouldn't have a career. Because from what I remember... Christopher Paolini was like 15 when he wrote that first book. Mm-hmm. So 
not only does it have like first novel problems in a classic sense, it's also he's 15. <laughs> so the, the worldview yeah. is, is a little limited. Yeah, it's and he does have like possible things that he could have like set up, but he kind of just like squashes it right away. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. they say, yeah, we used to have tons and tons of dragon riders. Where are they all now? It's like, well, they were all killed by this guy. And that's it. <laughs> this like some that, guy. So that's, he, squ- that's he sets up his own bit of world building and then he squashes it right away. But, <laughs> but and yet, yeah, then there's, there's no like sort of balance between the races. Almost. Mm, there, there's see. a similar kind of thing in Game of Thrones where in the novels, at least they talk about how the, the children of the forest and the creatures like giants and dire wolves and all these like mythical creatures for our world are mm-hmm. fading out because the room, I think the quote is like the world that men are building has no place for things like that. Mm-hmm. Interesting. And man, I totally lost my train of thought there. <laughs> <laughs> wow. But bad like, world building. Yeah. It, that's kind of poor too. Because there is like a like with that Game of Thrones thing, there is a little bit of an excuse to to balance like the racial Im, like imbalance of power. Mm-hmm, sure, humans are more like prominent. There's way more of them, so of course like goblins and giants aren't going to survive in that world. Yeah, but in the world of Aragon, elves are stronger, faster, smarter. They're better dragon riders. They can use more magic. They have a better mind to learn magic. Mm-hmm. Dwarves are like hardier creatures they're short but their bones are like rock hard and they can drill these awesome spikes into their knuckles so they're never technically disarmed because they can just punch <laughs> you seriously that's awesome and, but like if you're a human like he even talked like the aragon character he's like well oh, man can i do that and get some spikes in my knuckles that'd be awesome and he's like no nah, your bones are too weak because you're just a human cool <laughs> it's like awesome (laughs) and then he there is if spoilers if you've never read these novels i guess but i think in the third book the third book was the last one that i actually read and he has this thing where he gets a back injury like a severe back Mm -hmm. injury so it's debilitating but he's trying to learn how to sword fight from this elf guy and this elf guy is a serious jerk and a real Tony Stark. Like it's normally, a, <laughs> yeah, seriously. But it's normally a case where in the book you would write like this is how this character overcomes yeah. his obstacle and learns to triumph and be good on his own merits. Mm-hmm. But instead, he just turns his main character into a half elf. <laughs> so he's like, Problem. well, humans suck, so Problem I'm going to be a half elf. Yeah. <laughs> like I would say that that's poor world building because why are humans able to survive in this world? Why didn't the elves just kill them all? <laughs> Yeah. yeah. then you wouldn't have this Galbatorix problem. <laughs> exactly. Um, actually, I have another question I just thought of. So what's a series or you know, some sort of property that you wish had more lore on, like that was expanded on and such? Hmm. Um, I have one if you guys... Oh, you can start and give me time to think. Yeah. <laughs> um, so actually, it's not considered... Like to some people in the community, they consider it like a light lore kind of thing. But um, Disneyland actually has a few rides that have some sort of connectivity with it. So there is a person, one single person that's connected to all the rides in like um, New Orleans Square. It's called his name is Jean Lafayette, which is based off of a real person back in the uh, 18th century, I believe. And um, so like the Pirates of the Caribbean ride and the Haunted Mansion ride have some sort of connectivity within it. So in um, when you're on the um, Disneyland ride for Pirates of the Caribbean, you're on a um, a port that has like Lafayette's like you know port or whatever. You know before you go into the ride itself, you know you're in this you know 
swamp area and then you go down the waterfalls and then like then you're in the ride itself kind of thing um but then in haunted mansion the actual mansion was actually the home of a former pirate that was um who married his wife but then his wife killed him kind of thing and in the beginning part of haunted mansion you see that guy hanging from the rafters in the beginning part of the ride that's actually supposedly the pirate of the, the who owned the house. And if you actually look on top of the mansion, there is a weather vane that's on top of it is a pirate ship. And it's considered that Jean Lafayette was the pirate who owned the haunted mansion in a sense. And if you look into it, you look into the details of the ride, you see more of that stuff. And there's other parts in that area of New Orleans Square that has John Lafayette's name printed on every other place in that section. That's like its own lore within that, you know, that is part right there. Cool. I think like if you add on more of that, I think that'd be really cool. Um, and there's like this, um, there's multiple Disney parks within around the world. Um, like, you know, there's like, you know, Disneyland Paris and there's, you know, Disneyland, Disney World, Disneyland Shanghai, Hong, Hong Kong. Japan too, right? Yep, Tokyo. And then they actually have characters that are some sort of part of like this, like, you know, early 20th century adventurers club. So like, you know, a person that owns the, um, the Shanghai version of, you know, Haunted Mansion, but it's called like the house of, um, Mi- Mi- the mystic house or something like that. House of the rising sun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then like that person is part of a team of another attraction, like in Disneyland Paris that own this in like the Tomorrowland of that area. Like these characters interact within their own story kind of thing. And I think that's really cool that like these rides like have characters in this bigger world that we don't even realize kind of thing. You know, like I wish that was more expanded on than what it is already, you know. But mm-hmm. then again, that's me filling in imagination for, you know, the groundwork of what could be more, you know. But who knows? It might be a Disney movie in the future. I think it'd be kinda cool. But you know, we'll see what happens. <laughs> well, I do have uh I think Wheel of Time. I'm not going to like go into this deep because I'm not going to spoil the lore for Brandon here. Thank you. <laughs> but there is plenty of lore in it, but I also feel like I wish there were a lot more because from what I understand, most of the lore that we have that doesn't actually exist in the books was uh, expanded on in like question and answer type and like AMA things and stuff when he made appearances at Jordan Con, which is a thing in wow. Georgia. The, his books wow. have such a serious, dedicated fan base that they started their own con in Atlanta for him. That's crazy. I and, never uh, knew that. Yeah, and like they'll still talk to his wife about certain things. Like I think she answered a question about why are peaches poisonous in the world of Wheel of Time, <laughs> and uh, the short answer was they actually aren't, because one of his themes that he wanted to write about a lot was the importance of like awareness on misinformation. Yeah. So huh. they're not actually poisonous. It's just everybody keeps saying that they're poisonous and nobody's bothered to check it. <laughs> so oh, wow. suddenly everybody's like, yeah, don't eat peaches. They're poisonous. <laughs> I feel like for some reason, I feel like that's there's something similar to that nowadays, but I, I can't put my finger on it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like uh, hmm. it's, I think it has to do with desserts, man. I, <laughs> yeah. I'm drawing a blank here, too. Yeah. I, I, I have to say the same thing. <laughs> Hi, Chris. But, but Inappropriate. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I, I would love... I wish that he was still around with us because he wasn't super old when he passed. But no, he, yeah. he unfortunately passed in 2007 of some sort of cancer. Mm-hmm. And with him went most of our great like, ans- like potential answers to all these questions that we come up with. Yeah. He actually left... Uh, he had Brandon Sanderson, or his wife got Brandon Sanderson mm-hmm. to finish the series for him. 
and he left specific instructions that there were three questions that everybody was going to ask after the books, and Brandon Sanderson was not to answer these questions under any circumstances. <laughs> One of them, even Brandon doesn't know the answer to. Whoa. So, like, nobody knows what he was coming, what he was going for with this particular hmm. question. I didn't and know that. And I would love to be able to badger him and find out what that answer is. <laughs> and, the, and the thing is, I know you, and, like, you would not stop. No, to I would him. not So you would stop. eventually get the answer. So. <laughs> I mean, I've consistently brought up Cake versus Pie. Like this well, of course, yeah. <laughs> Ever so since I had the episode. That is, that is a small taste of how persistent and irritating I can be. Yes. <laughs> and poor this, Brandon has to work with me every day. The, that evidence is the show itself right now, so <laughs> this episode. <laughs> I would definitely uh, probably say the Rush Hour movies. I would like to oh, yes. explore yes. the more. <laughs> I want the more, more. more Rush Hour lore. <laughs> let, me, let me meet Jackie Chan's Kung Fu Master. And also the I Kung need the Fu Master story. of Chris Tucker. <laughs> yes. Somebody taught him Kung Fu for the third movie. <laughs> who was I want to know who. Uh, and second place would probably be uh, Candyland, the board game. I'd love to get more Yo, figured how out. How did Fudgeland the, the come Candy Cane Forest, Ice dude. Cream Kingdom. I want to know. <laughs> How about the fudge tar pits? I want to know more about those. <laughs> how, what how is long, it? <laughs> how long does it take for a candy cane tree to grow? Exactly. Yeah, I want to know. That's a question. It's a hard-hitting question Do they just right like, there. Are they just like yeah. already grown? They just implant it there? Yeah, or did, is there actual seed? Did the peppermint god just jab a bunch of candy cane trees into the ground? <laughs> yeah, like forking somebody's no. so yard. So if you eat one, it just won't come back? Or will yeah. it grow back? Like, you know, no, I need to know. Yeah. You know how if, like, if you break a candy cane, like there's a little bit of a sliver that goes on the ground? because that's the seed. Yeah. That's the seed. Exactly. You plant the sliver into the ground. You cut the potato in half and you just see now what we're, what we're doing now is we're breaking off from lore and into what is known as head cannon. <laughs> yes head cannon. <laughs> i love head cannon so far um i think i think the way to grow candy cane forest is you plant the sliver seed into the ground and you take some hot cocoa and you put pour it over the seed and wait mm. like a few hours or so and a little seedling you know grows from that and then there's a tiny little candy cane that you know it, but like it's See? not growing too much but like it's you know i'm telling you candy cane lore let's go there's there's go. a market for it yeah there, like what, what was the it's been so long since i played the game there's like you know there was the fudge area there was the candy cane forest was there like a gumdrop like i think so. or something like yeah, gumdrop, gumdrop cemetery no because <laughs> <laughs> that's where players go to yes. die yes <laughs> gumdrop yeah. graveyard yeah that actually would work because it's got the alliteration man. yeah <laughs> there was there was the plum that was the one you didn't want to get yeah oh yeah uh, the plum i totally forgot man we had a plum tree in my parents yard when i was yeah. growing up and those things did suck <laughs> dude what if we just brought candy light to game night tonight as a kid i had a crush on the ice cream oh God, princess go buy Candyland right now <laughs> it's cheap too like you can easily get it like um but as as far as i've, I've kind of already said mine which was game of thrones i think there's so yeah. many it, i agree how diverse that the whole world is because really so That's many it. things and yeah. a little bit of essos my like, personal mm-hmm. opinion is actually that the lore in game of thrones is better than the actual it's, story i agree <laughs> i would totally agree with that yeah. there's 100 is that what the house and is there's like a city where all the dark magic users it's go to learn that. Yeah. is that yeah. what that. was is that what the black and white house know, was called? the black and white house was the uh, the said the faceless men the assassins oh yeah okay and they just just skimmed the top of it yeah. and mm-hmm. even with the main story even with Arya never, getting there they never did anything with the azora high prophecy in the show no, either they nope. didn't they they, they were well they D D. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> but even like 
it's just like almost every area in that show I want no more lore. Even Casterly Rock, even yeah. you know, High Garden, even the Dorn. Dorn especially. Please. My gosh. Yeah. I had a friend that was convinced that the the wall uh-huh. the, the Night Watchman it was a giant ice dragon. Oh, he see. was convinced because he was like, yeah, they say that in the show you can see that there's like this thing that looks like a big eye. Uh-huh. And I'm like, that's awesome. Yeah. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> not, not to get a sidetrack, but that kind of speculation reminds me when the first Chlorophyll movie came out. Mm. And then like they looked, they, I remember the internet was like obsessive over the poster. It's yeah. like, you could see the, the, the alien in the clouds. You know? <laughs> like, no, he's in the ocean. You can see him like going towards shore. It's like, shut up. None of that's in there. <laughs> Spoiler alert. He gets out of the ocean and goes onto the city and he's as tall as the clouds. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> you can see his face. <laughs> Other than that, that my other favorite lore has to be the alien franchise really? i'm so you know, fascinated by that. the we xenomorphs i remember like prometheus was a terrible movie and see that's it, the it thing was a cool idea is all, all the aliens minus like i think revelations or whatever the resurrection resurrect, yeah that one uh pretty much all of them i i can understand where people would say oh this was a bad movie objectively Three. speaking but i still loved the majority of them just because I got more xenomorph. Yeah. And cause that's what I'm really interested Can, in is do the you xenomorph. include the alien versus no. predator lore? No, that, that can loot. No, that, that well, loses that's an me. obvious no for me too. Yeah. But yeah because, okay. because if you look at AVPR alien versus predator requiem, the actual xenomorphs go to, um, earth, like in small town, call like, um, Colorado city or some, like somewhere in there. And then, like, you know, it turns into a slash movie stuff. Xenomorphs have never been to Earth. That has always been stated. And then, like, you know, it just doesn't make sense because they've always been, like, in space. They've never been too close, kind of thing. It's always mm-hmm. been other planets and such. And it's like, okay, so you're just going to completely ignore that and put them in, you know, mm-hmm. a small town in the West because, you know, your budget doesn't let you have go too much. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I, I don't. I, I think that's more of, like, a... Well, because technically it's it's its own world in a sense. Really, it's not really connected to you know too much unless you go straight from the comics kind of thing. And I, I, I'm speaking primarily towards the movies than anything else. But that because if you include the comics, then there's even more to it. That's its own lore, you know. But so in, so here's the thing that get back gets back to what something I mentioned earlier in the the episode was, uh, I I have a, a pretty big interest in exploring more of the lore for Xenomorphs. Yeah, but that's part of what's fascinating. I think that if I got the answers, especially all at once, it would take something away. It would take something away from it. So yeah, the mystery, a, mm-hmm. really adds to it. What well, one of the things I've always wanted to know because like there's an alien queen, you know, and and mm-hmm. I, obviously the queen is the most dominant, you know, figurehead of like the the species in a sense. Yeah. But I feel like there's more than just the queen oh, exactly yeah yeah like, not, not not saying like there's like a, a tyrannous you know like xenomorph or whatever but like there's a xenomorph prime yeah yeah just something, <laughs> something else like a new like service a, from amazon you know, I, was, like, I was going with the metroid uh, link, oh but, okay but, yeah, okay that, that's hey, true. Yeah, i am the yeah. jeff bezos link yeah. too let's do that <laughs> like to me like i feel like there would be like an ancient species like subspecies of the xenomorphs that like that it evolved from yes about? What isn't that what Prometheus was about? Uh, kinda like uh, more or less. Like was... they didn't have like an ancient ancestor. They were like lab created and well, stuff. yeah. Like the the one in Prometheus. Um, spoilers, I guess, for the Alien franchise. It's, it's a bad um, movie. <laughs> <laughs> so like the um, what well, the engineers? They were the ones that quote unquote created like help assembled and created like life on Earth mm-hmm. in a sense. And 
um, that led to the um, excursion scientist out to you know a planet next to the one that was like from the first Alien movie, and they got the um, they woke up the engineer that's in there, and then the proto face hugger basically mm-hmm. latched onto the engineer, which created this. I guess you could say cousin of the xenomorph in a sense. So it looked like a xenomorph, but it wasn't a xenomorph. And like, mm-hmm. then he had, uh, was it Revenant or was it uh, Alien Covenant? No, they made the first one and the first xenomorph was in Prometheus. Because after... No, that's it, what I'm talking about. The end, that was like a proto-xenomorph. It wasn't a xenomorph. Yeah, but they still made like an actual xenomorph, wasn't it? Because like it just absorbed the human DNA. It, wasn't, it didn't have the um, the tongue with the mouth. It just had like an extended jaw that like had like a... Because it came from an engineer. It's right. Instead of a human. Yeah. So well, like the xenomorph I, well, would change with the host. Well, they did impregnate a human though in that movie. Uh, did they not? No, they, they did with a face hugger, I think. Okay. Yeah, because the face hugger came from the um, the human scientist. So like it wasn't it was like this like the seed was planted in her by David okay. I think was the uh, android, um, so like the seed went inside her then she got it out and the face arc was trying to go onto the scientist which would in turn create a xenomorph from that but that didn't happen though it okay. went to, which the the face hugger became a giant like you know Lovecraftian like looking monster and then mm. went right on the science, uh, the engineer and which I created that. I don't remember that. the movie very well, apparently. <laughs> I only saw it once and I still remember it vividly. Yeah. You know, it's just, it, for me, that stuck out. I'm just like, oh yeah, I totally forgot about that. Um, but yeah, there's a whole lot of lore within the um, potential, I guess you could say, with the Xenomorph mm-hmm. series, I guess. But um, yeah, because then you have like the games and such, and you have you know Alien Isolation. Alien Isolation. That's the new one, right? Yeah, I love Alien Isolation. Mm-hmm. That is a, that's a great so game. legitimately terrifying. Edge of my seat. Yeah, they, like the suspenseful whole... is probably a better way to put it. Right. <laughs> There's it's anxiety riddled. Yeah, because um, it's always out there. Okay, so there is one thing that I don't consider lore, and I don't think Disney does too. But apparently. People were trying to make their own lore from the Renaissance Disney animated movies. So you're talking about like Tarzan. It's like basically people were looking at the movie Frozen. Late 90s and early 2000s? Yes. Okay. So basically they were looking at the movie Frozen and Anna and Elsa's parents died at shipwreck. And some people made their own headcanon, which became like its own community in a sense, saying, no, the parents didn't die. They went on a deserted island. They had a son named Tarzan. But that ship sank down to sea, which was in the same ship in The Little Mermaid. <laughs> like, like, wait, hold up. Let's slow down here. Like, you that left is... out the part where they go to the Bermuda Triangle and travel <laughs> to another dimension. Yep. And then they end up in Tarzan World. Exactly. And, like, there was, like, I remember when I first heard that theory and, like, they were making, trying to make lore out of it. And I'm like, hold up. First off, no. <laughs> Second off, they're trying to do that, like the Pixar thing where you can see yeah, basically. certain thing, yeah. you know. And and which I think is still cool that people do that, but this theory is just stupid. <laughs> You're free to have your own head cannons, but sometimes yeah, I think people need to be told to stop. <laughs> <laughs> um or like, you know, um but yeah, like that one like stood out to me the most, like we're like a like a community created kind of like head cannon. And I mean, Harry Potter has a lot of that. It's called fan fiction. You know, you, you can look that up yourself. <laughs> don't, <laughs> I'm not don't gonna get look into, into fan fiction unless you're ready for some weird stuff. <laughs> uh, but all right, I think that's about all the time we have for today's episode. Uh, right. Kyle, just thank you very much for staying on the show with us, talking about lore, man. Yeah. It was a lot of fun. Thanks for Definitely. having me. Yeah. Um, 
do you have anything you wanted to plug in at all? You know, yes, you... everybody should read Wheel of Time because it's my personal opinion that it is a thousand times better than the Game of Thrones books. Oh. And it's finished. <laughs> oh. That's key. So. That's key. <laughs> <laughs> Oof. <laughs> um, one quick thing before we end. Um, a while back, um, we had a couple of guests on the show that were in the beginning processes of making a podcast. And guess what? Earlier this week... Spencer and Christian made a podcast finally yeah. called Sequel Men. Um, I have already listened to the first three episodes. They are amazing. You can catch them on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Podbean, and uh, I'm blinking on the other one. But basically, most podcasting platforms you can catch them on. Um, you can catch them on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. They all have their pages. Uh, that is Sequel Men. Um, that's a lot of fun. You guys, they're, they're great lead, guys. Yeah, they're leading up to the ninth Star Wars movie with reviewing. Basically, what they do is they t- review franchises in a sense. So right now, they're going to do the Star Wars ones, but then you know, might do Harry Potter next, or they might do you know, um, I don't know if they're going to do something like Star Trek or whatever. Like you know, it's a definitely a great podcast. Really good quality. You know, this is coming from the guys who like support them even before they came out. You know, but uh, go ahead and check them out, guys. It is really worth it. Um, but thank you for checking out our podcast as well. You know, it's we're, we're really all grateful for you guys for just, you know, supporting us and just listening to our episodes and, you know, sharing about. We really appreciate it. Absolutely. And, uh, yeah, just giving, giving that love to the, the listeners. So I just want to thank you again for joining us in this episode and have a good one, folks. You can't say explore without lore. I'm going to give you my classic reaction for that one, Brandon. <sighs> that was, uh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> Hey everybody, thanks again for checking us out in this episode of Going Off Topic. We're available on other platforms such as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, SoundCloud, and Stitcher. And while you're on it, go ahead and give us that little five-star rating review because the more ratings reviews we have, the more listeners we get, and we get more exposed. And any support helps us out a lot. And I promise it's not just a huge ego boost, even though it is sometimes. Go ahead and check us out on our social as well, which is facebook.com slash goingofftopic. From there, you can receive the latest notifications about updates, news, and episode uploads of Going Off Topic. But once again, Chris and I want to thank you for joining us in this episode, and we hope to see you in the next. Sorry, pretty chill. But that's such a common thing where people between takes just start doing ridiculous voices, and then you bond with people based on the ridiculous <laughs> voice they echo back to you. Boston and work. Jersey are really common. But yeah. we, we would just like make like guttural noises <laughs> yeah. at work. Oh, I do. We're like, like, like <laughs> 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 For like for like three weeks, we would just randomly start into the Lord of the Rings soundtrack. Too. We still do every now and then. Yeah. We're just like, ba 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 ba, and then a chorus of three. Me, me, Kyle, and Brady would just like do that, at like every day, of like the, awesome. that whole month. Yeah. And it was just glorious. And that's the, what true friendship is all it, about. It really is. <laughs> and it's funny. Birthdays go back 5,000 years to the reign of the Dark Lord Markholm. He wanted nothing more than all of our deaths and our blood to stain the land from sea to sea. And so we celebrated our birthdays. Each year we lived yet another slap to his face. <laughs>